Hey everybody, welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast, episode 198, my friend. 198, yeah. Uh, Even though I have no idea what order these things are coming out because we've been recording them so fast and we can't seem to get them in order lately. Well, yeah, I I feel kind of bad about that because obviously I teased the black one on, or talked about the black one. They may or may not have heard it by the time we talk about this. Right, on 197. And I hadn't, you know, Black was 196, but the 197 was more timely, so I thought that would be better to go up before the Black one, because the Black one, it doesn't matter when that goes up really, right? There was no timely events that we mentioned. No, the record it, so. was out. Well, I think the record's out, yes. Right. Yeah, the Ralph Champagne is out, so... Um, Ralph Champagne. So, yeah, so that's why we've had kind of a hard time, you know, well, not keeping in, not hard time, but keeping in order has been uh, been strange, but, you know, you guys love it anyway, right? Well, it's funny because there's two types of people. There's the t- the type of people who are always mailing us going, do more, do more, do more, which, you know, we do have to have some semblance of regular life. And then there's the people who say, I can't keep up. So I right. I, I don't know. Right. I don't know who to cater to. Well, the can't keep up people, they can always listen to them whenever they do have a chance on the weekends, right? So I, I guess. If you, if you can't keep up, I would recommend faking COVID or something you can stay home for a week (laughs) catch up yes yes catch up on our pearls of wisdom (laughs) exactly catch up on our catch up on our adventures anyway of course you can reach us at punk till i die 77 at gmail or send us a facebook message which a lot of people do we still have some stickers as a matter of fact i just got got a fresh batch of stickers yeah the western suburbs are plastered with them the western suburbs of chicago are plastered with our stickers they are you can't take a piss without looking at our sticker, Neil. Yep. Uh, yeah, we have a shit ton of stickers. I just got new ones printed. I gave a bunch to Tom. So, yeah, if you want free stickers, just uh, drop us a, a line, either on Facebook or on the email address, and we will be happy to send you stickers. We have a bunch of new people in the Facebook group, Tom. Did you notice that? Yeah, I know. I, I don't know where they're coming from. It's amazing. We were but stuck... we welcome you. If you're, if you're actually listening, we welcome you. We were stuck on the 660s for a while, and now it's like 50 above it. it was yeah. now, no, it's like 70 odd. I think we're into 730s now. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I tell you what, man, I've gotten to be at first, I was sort of reticent about sharing because everybody has a podcast and it's sort of like, oh, geez, you know, I think the podcast is like, like if telling people you have a podcast was sort of like it used to be when we were younger, telling people you're in a band. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh. trying to get people in the office to come see you. But I, I feel good about what we, you know, I, I really feel good about what we're doing and, and so many people like it that i've become a little bit of a like an evangelist for us like we're out of sh- you know we were out the show the other night and i was meeting people and i had some stickers and i was handing them out and say hey man this is where you can find us and you know we had a great time my friends that you described as looking like members of the ira i think <laughs> yeah you were dude you like a do you like a i don't know dude you like a you like a, a fan slut or something because every time i turned around <laughs> you were at the bar talking to somebody new i don't know <laughs> The, the real problem was that every time you turned around, I was at the bar, my friend. Well, the, well, there was, there was that, but you always talked to somebody new. It was kind of crazy. I was like, "How does he know more people in Chicago than I do?" And then I'm uh, just, I'm just, a, I'm just that kind of guy. He's just that likable kind of guy. Yes. I, Meanwhile, I, make friends. I, I was stuck I'm very, at the, I'm very, appro- very approachable. I was stuck at the bar with uh, <laughs> with Uncle Marv and Rick, but we'll get to that in a minute, I guess. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, of course, the 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 main point of this. Uh, talk today or our ted talk is going to be about getting together in the western suburbs of beautiful lombard illinois uh we just we just i just got home yesterday yes well neil got home yesterday too yes i guess it just took me longer uh to see the regurgitated dead boys reconstituted no reanimated Re-anima- i think reanimated it's a good word yes that's i think that's how they actually build it on the on the poster yeah along with the, the briefs 
the on again off again briefs and and the fast rising Susie Moon and the Poison Boys local heroes are, the um, Poison Boys yeah punk and roll dudes from Chicago the Windy City yep so yeah and let me correct you on something stuff. first I would never call it oh sheesh. Oh, no, I would never call it beautiful Lombard. <laughs> Lombard. I know, I was being sarcastic. Lombard looked I like a shithole. I never called it the Windy City. I'm like, why do you think you lost your internet, dummy? Because of the wind. <laughs> yeah, and talking about that, so 10 minutes before we would do the record, my fucking internet went out. So, this is being recorded right now. I set up my iPhone as a hotspot. Yep. And hopefully, hopefully this goes. So, if there's any if there's any bad signal connection or, you know, uh, if it drops for a minute... People can't complain because you're ama- it's amazing you're getting this show at all because it's right off it's coming right it's off a, my iPhone. It sounds it sounds like better than when I was using my old laptop. You know, it sounds great. I mean, you're crystal clear. It's like you're laying in my bed on on all these pillows right next to me. That's too disturbing for words, my friend. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> think about that. Listen, I came. I made it awkward. I left. All yes. right. <laughs> okay. So uh, so I actually so okay. Why don't we play a song? Okay. Yeah. And then and talk about our, our various adventures. Um, my songs are kind of thematic. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but well, see, they're weird. Of, they're, uh, they're, like, they're, they're weird though. I I expected like I did all songs from the show this weekend, so I'm surprised did you, well, that you we didn't. We played those bands. We played those artists to death. We have, but I did songs that we've never played. So, and I, so I kind of went with more like a Halloween type of type of theme. Early Halloween. Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be, I mean it's already that's duty right. You, you know October. what? You're exactly right. That's a good thought. Yeah. Sure, Shaween or Sawween or Sawween. Yeah, yeah, as it's supposed to be pronounced. I should have yeah. asked those. I should have asked those Irish guys. They seem like they were straight off the boat. They probably would have known how to pronounce it properly, right? <laughs> if they didn't shoot you first. Yeah. <laughs> Southsiders, man. They were Southsiders. All right. So you want me to go first, Neil? You yeah, go you go first, first thing, because you've talked all up all about Halloween and, and all that. So yeah, okay, you go so, first. So I'm actually going to do the. A band that I love, I don't think you're so crazy about, but I love them. Electric Frankenstein from New York. Okay. Doing a, de- doing a Dead Boys cover. And I, the reason I was thinking about that, because uh, the Dead Boys famously had that live album called Night of the Living Dead Boys. Yes, they do. You know that story, right? Like, it was recorded at CBGB's. I think it was like a contractual obligation thing, because they had like a three-album deal with Sire, hmm. but they already hate each other. They were already <laughs> breaking up. So, like, Stiv re- refused to participate. And he was just like blah blah blah,ing or wasn't singing. Do you you know you, ever, you know the story? Ah, uh, vaguely, I remember this. Yeah. So all the vocals are actually redone in the studio. Huh. I guess I didn't remember he, that. He tanked the show. Well, and what I what I was thinking of was playing Detention Home, which was like the one song that never made it onto one of their albums. We've actually played that before on the show. Have we played the Dead Boys version? We did. I. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, there you go. I'm glad I didn't pick that. Then. You know, 200. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, no, it's, like, a, it's an awesome fucking song, though. I mean, it would have been a great no, song. No, it is. I, it, it, but I've heard, actually, I can't remember. I, I thought Electric Frankenstein covered it, or it might have been the Cheats, or somebody did like a studio cover of it that I thought was pretty cool, but I could not find it on the interwebs. It was, you know who it was? You know who it was? It was that, it was our friend uh, from Garage Land. It was one of the albums he sent us, and I cannot remember who it was, but one of the albums he sent us, they had somebody doing a cover of that. Do you remember what, what I'm One of the ones that Jason sent us? You mean Garage Rock records? Yeah, I mean Garage, I'm sorry, not Garage Land. Yeah, Garage Land does posters. Yeah, Garage Rock, got my Joe bad. Strum, got Joe Strummer yep. on your brain, huh? Yeah. Oop, text message. <laughs> um, is that, oh, was it, was it that Pagan's record? It, well, he sent us the pagans. He sent it might us, have been the pagans. Yeah, was it? Oh, was it the? 
Yeah, maybe it was. It was it the guy from the Pagans? I don't remember. It was well. It was like billed as like Mike Hudson in the Pagans yeah, or something. I think that's it. Yeah, that's a, actually a pretty cool record. It's got it like is. one song on the backside that's like eight minutes long, which I'm sure you love. That's it. But it, I'm pretty sure that that uh, that, that cover was okay. On there. Man, this Boy, is, we're getting I, I fucking archaic right here, aren't we? Getting right up our own butts. But anyway, yeah, of course. Well, anyway, so that album was Night of the Living Dead Boys and. For Electric Frankenstein are a great band from New York, and they covered the Dead Boys here. So this is Electric Frankenstein doing Ain't Nothing to Do, the Dead Boys classic. Let me do another cover for you, all right? Uh, this is by the Dead Boys called Ain't Nothing to Do. Boys, there. Oh, dead boys! Jesus Christ! I'm I'm all out of sorts, Tom. I'm all out of sorts because this internet problem. Um, that was Electric Frankenstein with the Dead Boys classic. Ain't nothing to do. Gonna Which is ironic up. because we finally did have something to do, right? You know, gonna beat up the next hippie I see. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Boy, oh boy, do we have a story for you people? You should you should get comfortable because this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun story. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, nobody got arrested. No, but you might have done, and you just you just don't remember. It was close. It was close. It was a photo finish. <laughs> All got hit by a car trying to cross that highway. <laughs> yeah. So I had never been to the venue. The venue, Neil, is, is sort of his own story, right? It's called the Brower House. I figured it was going to be like German. I figured like it'd be like the women wearing lederhosen or something, or 
be having serving giant sausages or something, but it was just like a venue, like a not a sports bar, like a rock and roll bar, right? I think Uncle Marv wanted to serve that one girl's giant sausage. Well, there was some good. Uh, there was some. I mean, not to be sexist, but there was some pretty attractive waitresses there. If you remember right, indeed, indeed, there was. Yes, I mean, you're acting all demure now, but I remember some comments at the time from you, my friend. <laughs> you seem mildly impressed, at least. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, what you talk about? I, I never, I never. Um, uh, so, but yeah, it's, it's it's in a strip mall, right? I mean, it's like I, I don't I don't know how big Lombard is, but it's just like it's a land of malls. It does seem to be the land. It does seem to be the land of strip malls all along North Avenue. Um, yeah, pretty un, un, un imposing vi- venue, really. It really is in a strip mall, just this long one well, story it's building. Inside too, it doesn't look like any, but it's great inside. I mean, I I, I thought the inside was. I, th- I thought it was a great venue, actually. Yeah, it's got a, it's got. Okay, so it's a little bit like Reggie's in that it has a a bar and restaurant a area, bar and restaurant. restaurants where they have smaller yep. bands playing with like a small stage yep. and stuff. And then there's a bigger venue in the back, maybe like 800. I think I heard somebody say it can hold. Um, yeah, you know. th- that seems right. It's big. It's cavernous, actually. Yeah, it is. It's long. It's long and long and, and cavernous. And you know, the, yeah. the, the food was good. I mean, we ate there. It was, it was, I mean, you know, that matters to guys like me. The Dude, food get, was good. We're getting all out of order, though, because it was record shopping and stuff first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's okay, let's right, let's start right. let's start at the beginning. So it was on a okay. it was on a Saturday. Yeah. So um, and it's Lombard's. Even though I'm in the suburb of Chicago, I'm on the north side, and Lombard is like southwest. So it was an about an hour and twenty for me. And obviously, wow. Tom, obviously, Tom drove from uh, from from his town, from his hometown, and that took what? What yep. time? Three hours? Uh, better, better part of four hours. Better part of four hours. And Tom brought his uncle Marv well, with it, us, with him, because I, mean. I do have to shoot out to the west a little bit. It's a little further than Chicago. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I mean, you've all heard me talk about my my buddy Scott, who comes to almost every show with me, but he had a commitment; he couldn't make it. So I was toying with the idea of coming by myself, but I'm like, oh, I'll throw it out there to Uncle Marv, who's punk side die famous from the classic Caught by the Fuzz episode. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He's, he's, been, he's been mentioned on a lot of episodes, I think. But, well, it's yeah. funny because he's a pretty good sport about it because I thought we made pretty good sport of him. That cop by the bus episode. Yeah, yeah, and he is, and he's a, he's a classic rocker at heart. Even though he does, he does try. You know, he's very well. He's he's pretty open minded, and he yep. listens to us, and he he enjoys a lot of the music. I, you know, it's funny. I, as much as we sat in the car for four hours, I didn't really just straight up ask him if he if he had a good time. I think he had a good time, but I, I didn't straight up ask him if he loved the bands or not. I should have. Uh, Maybe next time he seemed to. I mean, he seemed to be he's, genuinely. He, he's impressed. officially like. He's officially like promoted to full time substitute now if he wants to. <laughs> since he was on his best behavior. There you go, Mark. Well and yes. and at, we'll get to the end of the story, but I always need somebody Yes. Tom needs these a wingman desperately. Keep, these old well, no, these old guys can't keep up. You old guys can't keep up with me. You eventually want to go back and go to bed. I I go I go home when they throw us out. Either that or but I anyway. wanna either that or I wanna live to see to see sixty. <laughs> <laughs> Something oh, like man, that. You're so close now. You'll make that, man. Yeah, make, I hope so. You they could open you up and you're full of cancer, you can still make it to sixty. <laughs> That's not, wow, what a what a thank what a nice thought. Thanks, but, Tom. That's lovely of you. Thought, huh? <laughs> yes, there you yes. go. As long as I can make it to sixty for the show, that's the only important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So originally we were supposed to do the Susie Moon thing at two o'clock, which I always kinda wondered if that was gonna work because well, they were coming from well, explain, they were coming from it, Minneapolis. Explain to our folks what the Susie Moon thing is. So we we were going 
so we have our friend Alan, Dr. Disc, our friend Dr. Disc. I don't know if he likes to go by his yeah, name. From, we never said from Goldmine Magazine. Yep. Our buddy Alan, Dr. Disc, he, yeah, he writes for Goldmine Magazine and he loves to kind of hook up with these bands and then see what they buy and talk to them about the records they buy. The thing with Goldmine, it's like a record store, record collector magazine. So Alan does a lot of interviews and he gets amazing high-end guests but he does some local bands too you know he kind of does whatever but but it's specifically about record collecting even though i think he like he was saying when he talked to black it kind of went all over the place too so uh but he invited Susie moon and her band to come and go record shopping and he invited us to i don't know we're, we're all friends of course alan's our good buddy i don't know if, if he invited us to kind of take the tension out of it just being a real small group or if he just thought we'd have fun or either way we enjoyed that kind of it, right yeah and i don't think i don't well i don't think he's met Susie before i think so i think he also had us along to yeah to ease up ease that introduction because they thought, gotcha. maybe thought it might have been weird and um so okay so like i say so it's supposed to be a two it was supposed to be a and two that yeah. didn't work out yeah and and because i think i've explained this before actually i've already been to um brower house once before um, but when I did, I did notice that driving home at night, there's cops all along North Avenue there waiting to catch, you know, people want to get driving or whatever. So we yes. actually, we actually all booked hotels. There was a hotel yep. right across the street from Brower House and I booked a room, uh, Tom booked a room and actually my buddy Rick, uh, from work, he, he came yep. too. So he booked a room. So, uh, so anyway, so we all got, we all planned to meet at, uh, the hotel at to check in at three o'clock, right? Because the Susie Moon thing had been pushed back to five thirty, which was its own thing. Because he normally closes at five, but he actually stayed open for us. Right, and this was a record store in a place called St. Charles, which Lombard was west for me. St. Charles was another half hour further <laughs> another half west. Hour west. So basically, yeah, in Iowa was, at this point. <laughs> it was yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, well, it was it was pretty far out, yeah. And it was a, I mean, it was a cool store, right? Full it, of it was it was de- it was definitely yeah oh, yeah I mean I'm glad I'm glad that we went but Tom you got to see all the faceless nameless uh, western suburbs of Chicago right oh it all looks the same it's just it's just it's just it, well, and we literally never we were on the same street our hotel was literally on the same street as that record store basically we just went yeah. like 15 miles down the street yeah but yeah and just, it's just it is endless suburbs check catting marijuana stores. <laughs> Beauty and barber supplies. No, it's just it's it's yeah, it was pretty nondescript. I mean you could have dropped you could have been anywhere suburbs USA, right? Yeah, we went through Wheaton, which is all churches and mosques and stuff, and then we went through Okay, that's the okay. I can't think Streamwood maybe. It was like it was like suburb after suburb until we got to St. Charles. And uh like Tom said, the guy Until we got to St. Charles and then it was still a suburb. And I think, and the record store was actually tucked away up all these back alleys. I mean, yeah, I don't know. They were not even alleys; they were like country streets, right? It's like part of it's almost like a factory or something. There's no way you see that from the street. That right? That is really a, a the visibility there is terrible. Yep. Yeah. Um. So it was called Hoarders Record Store. I think I said that. So Charles Hoarders uh, Trading Post. Trade Hoarders Trading Post. Yeah. The owner is a guy called Russ, I believe. Does that sound right? Yep. Yeah. I think it was Russ or Russell. Yeah. Super yeah. super nice guy. So it was actually very into the band Tool. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. So five thirty, he was supposed, <laughs> we were supposed to be doing it at five thirty, but um, Alan got there at four for some reason. So we got there probably. Well, he like... always gets there, I think, early and kind of talks to the owners. And I mean, it was all set up ahead. But... Yeah. So we got there maybe four thirty. 
Yeah, I think around there, yeah. Yeah. And so we did our shopping first. It was actually a really good store. It's a it's a pretty small, you know, physically small, but he has so much shit packed in there. Uh, I don't know if it was yeah, every yeah, I don't I wouldn't exactly call it small, but it was it was it was definitely a digger's. That's what that's what Alan likes though. What he calls the digger place or Doctor Disc, sorry, likes the places the kind of digger places. But this place literally, I thought I'd go through the I'd gone through them all, and then you'd find more. I mean, it was just you kept finding. The organization was okay. Could have been better, I think. But it was it was a cool store. I, I definitely dig it. Well, there's the main shelves, right? And they were a little bit yep. curated. Um, there was a new section. There was a used punk section, whatever. There was the used sections and stuff. But then when you look down, there was like shelves underneath with all kinds yep. of goodies. And there was a you know cabinet cool. up front, you know, where, where where he was serving. And there was shit in there. And there was shit on the walls. And there was just stuff like boxes of forty fives tucked away. I mean, yep. there was stuff like everywhere. And he had a bunch of stuff in the back that he hadn't put out yet. Some of which was pretty cool stuff. Well, and it was. But what it was, Neil, was there was a punk section. There was a metal section. I went through both of those. But then there was punk and metal stuff. Kind of mixed in with the general population too yeah and it's one of those so things it's, it's it's one of those things too um and in fact i talked to your friend in uh what's the record store that i get when i go to visit you that we go to oh Virgo what, and grand rapids yeah yeah the one in grand rapids so i asked i asked him so how do you decide like what goes in the punk section oh versus... that's my buddy john right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so like the clash where do they go do they go in the punk section or do you just put them in with a general rock section you know so i think he suffered a there was a bit of that right because well, you know. I remember it was interesting, and we might have talked about this. What John said about that. John's a real sharp guy, and he's the like the metal curator there. But he said, you know, it was based on where it sells. Like the Clash sells better when it's not in the punk section. Mm-hmm. And he was saying things like Rainbow or some of these things you consider classic rock sold better in the metal section than they did. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just kind of trial and error, I guess. Yeah, it is. I mean, but, it really, it really I mean, is. I right? Definitely saw some like like Metallica in the. The Metallica, there was the Metallica section in the metal, and then I definitely saw some in, like, the general population. Yeah, and then it was tough to tell sometimes where the new stuff was and where the uh, used stuff was. But anyway, um, we but dug well, first, we must we must say, too, and, and I just – Dr. Disc is – always has some oh. amazing stuff for us. He <laughs> yeah. always loads us up with records. Like, I, I came home – I think I came home with, like, 20 records. I bought, like, two. Yeah. I, I mean, had... the, the amount of stuff he sent us home with – and and a lot of it is kind of like oh I don't know what this is I'm gonna check it out but some of it is like like there's always a real like I just listened to he he sent me home the uh, alternative uh, tentacles repress of the Dick's first album or Dick's rather first album Kill from the Heart and you got a signed copy now it's a repress but a signed copy of uh, the first Adolescence album right the classic Adolescence Blue which album which is a yeah. pride I yep. gotta tell you Neil I'm actually a bit taken aback that you didn't have that in your collection to me that's like first twenty five like top like I just can't believe you don't have it it's well, just such a such a classic. Like, if you're going to build a punk collection, that, that seems like one that would be on the list. Well, I had it on CD, but I never had the oh, vinyl okay. for whatever reason. I never had the vinyl. So, yeah, he gave me a copy of that in blue, but it was signed, you know, by uh... – Is it like a clear – is it like a clear – because that's probably the same one I have, I think. I have a blue one too. It's a, it's like a light blue, solid, solid light blue. It's very nice looking. Mm. It's cool. It's cool looking. Yeah, no, no, he, gave, he gave us so – he is so generous. He gave us so much stuff. Like you say – um, some of it new reissues and stuff like that, which is which is awesome. Yep. You know, a lot of it was signed, but then there was like some used stuff in there too. And I asked him, "Where did you get this used stuff from?" Like he gave me a, like a Dictators record and stuff. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I was a little jealous of that Dictators, but I felt like I was getting a little greedy, so I let you have it. <laughs> but he said he said he got those from uh, Doctor Strange in California. Oh, and, I got you. And he just picked them up because he thought we'd like them. I mean, you got them specifically yeah, no. for us. I mean, how nice well, is that? 
got a couple things for Susie that she was specifically looking for, and it was pretty cool stuff. No, anyway, yeah, Doctor Disc is our is our. I mean, he's just. I don't know why he's decided that he likes us and it wants to be so nice to us. I, 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 uh, we appreciate it. I almost feel bad about it. Like I'm, I, I want to say, Alan, Hey, is there anything you're looking for, buddy? We'll keep our eyes open for it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, hey, so Dr. Disc, if there's something you need, you want us to look up. I mean, I know you bought him a, you know, we, we've gotten like a cap gun heroes and he likes the assigned stuff and we, you know, if, but if he needs something picked up, you know, we will definitely, definitely help him out. But, uh, yeah, so so, th- so, so yeah, when we so hold on a second, so we pull into the parking lot, and he is he is literally giving us bags of records. We <laughs> we haven't even made it in the store yeah. yet, and we've already got bags of records. I think I got ten it's albums. Sort of demo- it's sort of demotivational. CD, yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm sure Russ was like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because I'm just, I'm really looking forward to digging in because, like I said, some of it I know, some of it I don't, and I'm sure all of, I won't love all of it, but the stuff I got into so far. Good. It's been great. Of course, I've kind of picked in, you know the stuff I wanted to listen to, but uh, but it's like, man, I'm gonna, it's gonna take me a month to get through this pile. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it probably will save me money in the long run. I should really uh, just be glad because I've, I've been buying with such a lust, man. My my uh, my vinyl addiction has been really. I'm just waiting for my wife to blow her top. Don't want to hear about your lust. Thank you very much, Thomas. That's yeah. that's well, fine. It, dude, it really it really is like being a drug addict. It, it actually, just, it actually just, is, yeah. Because you just get, you, you get, you just get something in the mail that you want so bad, and what are you doing? Before you even play it, you're already on the freaking internet looking for the next fix, right? Well, I'd already, I, I just added a second storage shelf, and my second storage shelf is completely full. So I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, to I'm be honest, some, I'm having some storage issues too. I don't have nearly as much storage as you do, but I'm, I think if I move my ten inches out, I can fit another forty or fifty in there. Dude, talking of ten inches, the same day. The same day as that, I actually got in the mail. I bought um, No Lunch by Degeneration, which came out on double 10 inch. Oh, the and, classic double 10 inch. Yeah, it looks absolutely classic, man. Either way, it's in the, it looks like a lunchbox kind of thing. It looks amazing. Uh, oh. um, that, that is was, it like just, is it like a cardboard sleeve or is it like. Yeah, it's, it's, cardboard, it's a cardboard sleeve, uh, you know, uh, fold out kind of thing and double, double 10 inch. It's fantastic looking. It's really excellent. So not only did I have all this stuff from Dr. Disc in the back of my car, I also had this degeneration and then I did buy a couple things at Hoarders. Um, I bought the classic used to be a Pex- pistols bootleg called spunk, which was the, uh, the earlier yep, recordings yep. of the, of the album. And, yep. um, a lot of people prefer it. Yeah. A lot of people refer, yeah, it's a bit raw, a bit more raw, but yeah, a lot of people prefer it. Fewer overdubs and stuff. And I also bought, I don't know if you know the new wave band from the 80s, Romeo Void. Do you know them? I've heard of them. I don't know if I know any you of might, their songs. They you might know the kid? song, Female Singer. Uh, um, I might like it better if we slept together. That might ring a bell. Um, huh. Is that a big hit? It does not ring a bell. No. Maybe, maybe if I heard it. I've been listening to a lot, a lot actually. I've been watching that video on YouTube because it was uh, it was pretty cool for the time because it's kind of a a chunky girl singing, so it was pretty it was pretty uh, pretty big for the time, uh, unusual for you. the time. Well, I'm just saying she was so for the how time. Dare you. Well, you see that all the time on TV, but in the in the eighties, that was the that was the era of super skinny models on TV, right? And, sure. You know, so this MTV, was it was pretty MTV cool. kind of nurtured that. Yep. Everything was images, everything. Well, the reason the the thing with the thing I've had is I've just been like freaking out with these short run 
this the the problem with the when you get into the competitive nature of it and you think you might not get something that's when you just start like oh i can't wait i can't wait i can't wait i see this i found it popped up on my wish list i have to buy it now even though i'm spending way too much money that's the kind of issues i've been having lately i've been yeah. a real a real specific era of my life i've really focused in on it's like early 90s and i was just all cd's in that era and i'm just sure like replacing replacing yeah. all my cds and it's like well i'm good with a nice black copy but boy they're coming up with all these you know 500 copies of this blue and sky blue and you know right. clear yeah so you just kind of anyway oh oh so quite apart yeah. quite apart from the uh the, the records that he gave me uh he gave us um we swapped records too i gave you the poison boys record yep. you gave me yep. the meth rats record and assorted... Did you open that Meth Rats yet? That is I a did. beautiful, beautiful record. It, it is. It is a gorgeous record. Have you opened the... Um, go on, we're jumping forward a bit here, too, but did you open the Briefs album? I looked at it. I haven't played it yet. Uh, what color is yours? Blue. blue. Mine's mine's like a mine's like a blue and purple splatter, so you might want to check yours more oh. carefully. It's gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. It's well, really... all right. We'll talk... Yeah, we... Wait, it's been a long time since we talked record collecting. I feel like we're kind of pent up, but... I can only remember back so far, but I'll tell you what, Neil, why don't we, why don't you play a song? No, actually you, you play another song because mine are all to do with the show. So why don't you play another song? All right. Another Halloween theme song. Yep. I'm going to play the classic uh, Misfits song, Night of the Living Dead. Okay. That sounds good. Misfits there with Night of the Living Dead. I don't know, man. I wonder if I should have saved that from when we were talking about Cheetah, but kind of gave that one away, huh? Um, All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, we 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 hung out. They got there what time? Like five thirty, maybe. They got there about five thirty. So we were already shopped out by then. And I have to say, um, Russ was a great guy, but goddamn, 
he is a tool fanatic. Like, I got into this thing with him about, not I mean, not a big thing, but it's just, I asked him if he had any Morrissey albums, and he said, yeah, I got this signed Morrissey record. Actually, it was the first Smiths record, but yeah, it was signed by Morrissey. It was very cool. Um, hmm. So I'm like, oh, you know, how much or whatever? I wasn't going to buy it. I already have Morrissey's signature, but I was just interested. He goes, well, it cost me a lot of money. It cost me 200 you know, so I'd, I'd sell it for more than that, obviously. And I'm like, all right, well, that sound, sounds pretty normal for an album from, you know, a signed album from Morrissey. That's what he sells them for really? shows. Yeah. Um, he doesn't sell wow. many. No, he doesn't do many autographs at all. It's a very rare autograph. Um, hmm. And then he looked at me weird and goes, well, that's not expensive. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I, all my tool stuff, all my signed tool albums are worth like $8,000. And I'm like, bullshit. Because I'll be honest, I wouldn't know Tool if I felt if they came into my house right now, I wouldn't know Tool. I don't know a single fucking song by them. But to him, <laughs> they were the biggest band in the world. He says he has posters that are worth $8,000. Um, so, I mean, is this true, Tom? I, Tool, I, I, I don't, that sounds insane to me, but who knows? Well, you heard him talking was, about it, right? He was. Well, the thing with Tool, you know, well, the thing he said was that Tool's the biggest band in the world. I'm sure he did say that with a straight uh, face. He did, yeah. Uh, right. Well, but they, they're kind of like they don't play a ton, so there's like the scarcity issue. So maybe their ticket is harder to get than like a Metallica or a Foo Fighters, who are a bigger band overall, because they those guys play more shows, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a Metallica know, fan. I'm, I'm not a Metallica fan either, but I, at least I know some Metallica songs and I know who they are. I would, I could say, I wouldn't recognize Tool if they were here right now, you know. I told you that Tool, you know, and I was talking to him about this too. The singer has ties to Grand Rapids, so I've seen them play in tiny little clubs. I saw them all along, but I kind of, I just kind of lost interest. <laughs> when you said that, me. when you said that, I thought he was actually going to strangle you. <laughs> he was so jealous. Yeah, because I was so indifferent to them. Yes, was like, yeah, you'd see them in these I tiny see. venues and couldn't care less. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw him play at the Reptile House for like less than two hundred people, and then. I saw them in the early 90s when they were starting to get big. I saw them at the Orbit Room, for, which was like a 1,500-seat venue. We were right up front. And then I saw them at the second stage at Lollapalooza. Yeah, I saw them a bunch of times early on. I mean, I thought they were good, but I didn't really think anything of it. Now they've gotten so artsy-fartsy. Well, and he, I said I said they'd gone a little too far like Pink Floyd for me. He thought King Crimson, but I don't really know King Crimson. So Oh, Jesus Christ. Noodly, but it's just very, bullshit. very long, very, very exceptionally long, drawn out songs. It's just not. It's just not for me. They lost me. So the art, their album art packaging is amazing. I will give them that. They're very. Uh, the one guy's a visual artist. They're just. They're. You know. They're. You know. They are what they are. They're sort of a. They sort of live in a vacuum. Well, apparently, they're the biggest band in the world, according to a. Well, it doesn't surprise me that you don't know them, but they're. They, I mean, they're pretty big. But like I said they, their scarcity is what makes them so big. If they were. They're not capitalizing as much as they could, and if they did, they wouldn't be as big. Well, apparently at those prices, they don't need to be, because didn't he say that he paid yeah, like $800 a ticket or something to so see him? He was, he was saying they spent thousands, yeah, thousands to see him last time, which is just, yeah, it's insane. Can you get him but to play the your demand's house there. <laughs> Yeah, well, if the demand's there. I guess, Jesus. Pretty sure you can get Cheetah and the new Dead Boys to play your house for, for like 30 grand. bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're coming off too harsh. They were very good. But anyway, all right. And, so, anyway, anyway, yes. Um, so Susie Moon so we, showed up we with band. eventually, right? Yeah. You go catch up with your buddy Rick, who was back at the hotel. Well, they, well they, I'll just, just to get into this a second. So Susie Moon and the band did show up a little bit later, yep. but not too bad. And, yeah, we talked um, a bit. Yeah, and, 
yeah, we talked to them a bit, said hello and all that stuff. And uh, they they went record shopping. I, I don't know if Goldmine paid for the records, but it was very eclectic. Like Drew was looking for like jazz. Was he looking for jazz stuff or what was he? He, he did some unusual. I don't, I don't know. I saw them all. They were all pawing through the metal at one point. So there was definitely some of that. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I know that Patty was looking for Thin Lizzy, and yeah, I think Drew was looking at. I think it, I think it was Jazz he was looking at. And... It's a weird, it's a weird phenomena when you're, because we've done this with we've done this with with Doctor Disc, where you're record shopping, but then you're gonna talk about it, and it's gonna get written about. So you, I, I think it puts you in a mindset. You might see a record that you really want, but you don't really want to have to justify it that you like it or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. It kind of puts you in a mindset like oh, I gotta pick out cool stuff, right? See, not me. I guess maybe I'm too old to even to care about that stuff. So, I'll, if I was gonna pick out a, a Sham sixty nine thing, I would. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't really fucking care. I'm not gonna try and like, show like anybody your how seventh single. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and show someone how eclectic I am just for the sake of it. I'm not saying that's what Drew was doing, but it, you know, it was just. Uh, it was just. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying what they were doing either. I'm just saying it's kind of a it kind of a mind screw when you have to like justify your picks you know yeah 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 if he'd been looking for screwdriver or something maybe that would have been a problem. or like <laughs> like man i really want this poison album yeah, Not poison yeah Boys, there you go poison. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah or the lionel richie that you kept looking at that'd be me <laughs> Um, I have the original, Neil. Yeah, so anyway, so we cut out, actually, when uh, pretty, pretty soon after they just got there, because my buddy Rick was at the hotel already, so... We hung out with them for, like, a good half... We hung out with them, like, a good half hour, but, yeah, it was like, they weren't done yet, and we are just like, oh, we'll catch up with you guys later. Well, it's one of those weird things, right? I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we like the band, but you also don't want to be, like, fawning all over them, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's kind of weird, so you want to give them their freedom. Looking over, and, your, looking over their shoulders. Yeah, give, yeah, exactly. Give them their space to do their thing, yeah. Yeah, so... So, anyway, well, so... Point, I was talking to Susie, but I could tell she was so intent looking at the records that she was only half paying attention to me i'm like okay that's cool I'll no hey, you were just you were just creeping her out <laughs> could be no she was like just she was like it was like she was studying for her phd or something yeah but uh, no, it, was, it, was, it was it was a cool it, you know it, it was a cool it was fun it was a fun thing it was yeah. a fun event so anyway by the time we made that long fucking journey back to the hotel well it was like what like six. 30 by the, yeah it was like 6 30 by this time and i was starving because and i was so thirsty because we thought there'd be bars by this place but there wasn't any so i was thirsty as hell i was hungry rick was really hungry rick rick, rick, and me, rick opened his room his room door yeah, he'd not. been taking his medicine it was uh it was it was it was like it was like that's that scene in uh fast times at ridgemont high no i was gonna say fast oh. times where spicoli gets out of the van and all the fucking dope smoke is coming out that's 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 kind of what it was like. There was, there was no smoke. There was no smoke, but there was definitely a, an odor of fun. Yes, there was an odor. Of, yeah, a fun odor. How's that? Yeah, that's better. So um, so we decided we were all going to go go across. We decided we're going to go across right to Brow House, right to the front where the bar Yeah, we really because, didn't have a choice, right? Yeah. We didn't really. It wasn't like, yeah, if there was another bar, we probably would have gone somewhere different just to go somewhere different. But yeah, yeah. we didn't really have that option. So we ran across. So this is Brow House was in the strip mall across the street, but we had to cross like a four lane highway in each direction. Well, and there was like, but there was like an island in the middle, so you could catch your breath. There was, so we could actually get to safety by by pegging it across yeah. to the island. So, so we did that, made it across safely, and we went in the front room, which is the smaller room, which is basically a bar and restaurant, right? Yep. And we sat down at a booth and uh, proceeded to. And some burgers uh, and- 
yeah, proceeded to order burgers and they were ne- now it's a cool venue, rock and roll venue for sure. All the burgers were named after like rock bands and stuff, right? Didn't you get? Yeah, like, I got the Ramon. Yeah, I got now, yeah. Right? Rick got, and I both got the Ramon. Yeah, I got the zombie burger or something, and uh, people now now okay so. Doors were open at seven, uh, but the bands weren't coming on till nine. Yep, they did, and that's when they started. Right, yeah, at nine. they started at nine. So, but that was in the back. So, Dead Boy Show was in the back room, the big room. So, we were in the smaller front room where where we could eat and stuff. And uh, but we started seeing people rolling in that were obviously going to the show. And uh, do you want to talk about the uh, the strange the, the, the strange threesome that came in? Oh, you're talking about the guy who, who uh, did the crab dusting? Pooped his pants. <laughs> yeah, we think he pooped oh. his pants. So this guy, um, he, he, I feel bad. He clearly had something wrong with him, like multiple sclerosis or something. Because he was standing there playing with a like a highlighter <laughs> or something and bobbing backwards and forwards. And when I say that, he was like rocking backwards and forwards, right, as he was standing yeah, there. He, he clearly had some kind of issues, yes. Yeah. Probably both. Both physical and cognitive, I would assume. Yeah. So he was there with two with two buddies, and I assume they were going to the show. One was I, probably his, I think one was his father, probably. But maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I was he in the show? Did he go to? No, the show I, did, well, I didn't. See like, the, I didn't see them at the. I didn't see them at the show. Maybe. Well, he'd, I wonder if he was there to see Hambone or whoever was playing in the front room. Well, or maybe was there a band called Hambone or something playing in the front? There was in that in that small front room. I think there was some kind of like blues band or something playing called ha- Johnny Hambone. <laughs> So we, did, so we didn't stick around for Johnny Hambone, but apparently, so we were sitting kind of to the side of the bar and uh, Mr. Rock and Roll walked by us like numerous times. But then one time he kind of stopped, played with his pen, and suddenly we all looked at each other because there was the biggest fucking stench I've ever smelt in my life. We've had kids, we've all had kids, we've all had pets. This smelled like nothing on earth. This guy must have shit his pants right in front of us. Uh, well, the funny thing was, I, I have a little bit of COVID nose, so I really don't usually smell that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it, even I could smell this. Rick it wasn't and, something you want to eat a hamburger too, definitely. Rick and Uncle Marv were on the outside of the booth, and me and Tom were on the inside. And Rick and... <laughs> so it, it, dude, it was like they'd been physically assaulted. They both like lurched back in their chairs, and then, then I got a whiff of it, and I, I like jumped back as well. And me and Tom was still eating his burger <laughs> yeah, you know you but god damn it, it was fucking horrific oh my Life god on, buddy. it was uh yeah it was and then, and then like someone said i think rick said he could taste it and then it lingered like after this guy lurched off wherever the fuck he they took him to um it lingered for like five minutes afterwards and i'm afraid that the cute waitress might have thought it was us <laughs> ah yeah I thought you didn't notice that the waitress was cute. Oh, I'll have to re-question re- you about this. Shh, no. Um, eh. So anyway, so and, and Tom, Tom was funny. So we were paying up, and we're like, "Oh, we can, uh, we, we can get, we can get." There's a bar in in the big venue, right? And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." But the beers are more expensive. So we're like, "Oh, we'll have another round here then, please." <laughs> well, we, the, it, I mean, it's pretty significant, right? Because we were buying. So there was three dollars for tall boy PBRs in the restaurant. Great price. Yep. Seven in the venue. Not such a great price. Right. That's why I only had about 15 of them once I got over there. <laughs> yeah, your wallet must have taken but, a fucking beating, man. You know, it's funny. I have no remorse about anything. It was such a fun weekend. The only remorse I had was opening my wallet Sunday morning. Yeah, I bet. I bet. But that's because Uncle Marv ripped you off. 
No, I, I'm we, kidding. We weren't buying for the rounds or anything. I didn't buy anybody. I just was only buying for myself. So I, 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 I bought a I couple did. for you because I, when I went up there, I, I got a Coke for Rick and I got a water, I think, because I'm a, what a party guy I am. But I noticed yeah. in the two big coolers, there was only like two PBRs left. So I, mm. I didn't want you running out. So I actually, I actually bought you a couple. So did you? Yeah, well, I, did. I don't even remember. Yeah, I remember you saying it was almost out, and me running up there, and, and then there was more there magically. Oh, maybe they, maybe they refilled it. But at one point, I was like, oh shit, the PBR is almost done. I mean, I if you hand me one, I'm sure I drank it. Yo, yeah, well, you did. You did. Well, the problem was, so I had like three with dinner, three or four with dinner, and then like you, they're like, oh, you can carry them into the venue, and I'm already done with mine. You guys are just starting, and then we get there. <laughs> I, I bet you I had like. Three or four between you guys having one when you got to the venue. I was really you're probably right. Working. Yeah, you you you, was, had, you had one in your hand constantly. It was I was uh, really working. Mm-hmm. I was working my working my craft. I think you might be sponsored by uh, by PBR. Making um, friends up at the bar. Why don't you play another song? Because then because I'm my, mine will go with the bands that we talked about. Okay, I want to. My last one is going to be last. Okay, that's it's going to be the, it's going to be the return of Best of Spam. Okay. So the reason I picked this song is because it it does have that kind of return of the living, night of the living kind of thing going on. But I freaked out recently on Discogs because I saw these things pop up, and usually they go for $35, $40 at least, and they were 20 and 22 bucks, I think. And it was a couple of the classic Queers albums, the Asian Man reissues. And I literally had just spent a bunch of money on Discogs, and I had no desire to spend any more. And I'm just like... I we I slept on it one night and I woke up in the morning and I saw that they were still there and I ordered them. So I just I finally got a nice final copy of the Love Songs of the Retarded, which is my favorite. See, it all ties in, Neil. Yep, that's true. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, my that's bad. I, I apologize. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I apologize to any of our yep. listeners, um, which is most. I think. <laughs> anyway, it's. Uh, it's uh, Anyway, and, and a nice, like, purple marble. It's the Asian Man. And I also got Move Back Home, which is not one of my very favorite albums by them, even though it, I forgot how much I did like it. But I had, like, an alternate cover. So I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling, man. I am always need a little more. Always need a little more fix. So, but now I think due to Dr. Disc and whatever, and I'm I'm going away here. And I hate to, like, have records show up while I'm on vacation. It bothers me. So anyway. This is from the classic Queers album, Lost Songs to Retarded. Um, it is called Night of the Livid Queers. Clean up. 
All right, the queers there with what is that? Nice of the living queers, Tom. Well, livid. Livid. Oh, livid, livid queers. Okay, interesting. Okay. I just kind of went with the theme and just sort of ran with it, Neil. Ran with it. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Okay, so the venue. So when we first bought, when I first bought the tickets, it was interesting. So the tickets were twenty five bucks a piece, which is amazing because that's it's a great it's a great uh, lineup, right? Dead Boys, uh, the Briefs. Yeah. Susie Moon, and then they added the Poison Boys, which just made it even sweeter, right? So it's a mm-hmm. it's a great thing. So twenty five buck tickets were fantastic. So, yep. um, but then they were also offering, uh, was it bar stools for twenty five dollars? Well, the funny thing is, so it was two bar stools for fifty bucks. But the thing is, the fees were actually less. It was actually cheaper to get two bar two bar stools and yeah. two tickets. Well, but so we so I, I knew mean, that- it was it was a dollar or two. It wasn't much. So I knew there was going to be going to be at least four of us. So they were also offering tables for 100 and, um, 125 125 or something. Yeah, so that's four people on, on $25 for the table. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? I'd never been to the big side of the venue before. So I'm like, I don't know what it's going to be like, but fuck it, we'll do it. It'll be nice to have – there's a lot of bands – and a place be nice. to sit down between yeah bands, between vans or, right and and just, no, I and, never did really. and, and put your drink down and stuff like that so that's what See, I did I never did I was just always up I was always, I don't think I sat down for more than ten minutes the whole night you didn't you didn't um until you fell down sorry didn't, um. <laughs> didn't get used to that school uh so anyway so we got the table so we get in the big venue there was probably only I mean this was doors opened at maybe. seven I yeah, think we, maybe a couple hundred people in there when we got in there maybe no I think there was two hundred people total. No, no, I bet you it was closer to, I bet you it was four or 500 people there. Dude, it's an 800-person venue. There was yeah, no, but there was a lot of people there. It wasn't packed, but there, there was, was a nobody. lot of nobody. In there. the last two-thirds of the venue, there was nobody. Towards the bathrooms hmm. there, there was nobody. Well, I usually do tell you you're terrible at judging how many people are somewhere, but maybe I'm wrong because I was always up front. I would, say, I would say there was 300 people there. At least. Anyway, there was a decent crowd. It was respectable. It wasn't like... You look like they're going, oh, this is embarrassing. What right. No, embarrassing? exactly. But I'm just saying when we first got there, there was – because we were kind of early. We were 7.45. Um, there was probably, you know, maybe only 50, 60 people in there at that point, which is fine. And our table – so the tables were lined up along kind of the side of the venue. Like it's long – imagine mm-hmm. it's long and thin, and there's a bar – a raised bar along the side, and then below that are these tables. So we were like – so I must have bought mine super early because we were the second table. Yeah, we were like the second Yeah, second towards back, the front. Right? It was nice. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, it was great. Was, you it was, see it was great awesome. from the table. Like, yep. like never left the table. Yeah. Um, Not very often. They try to pee every once in a while. So it was awesome. So we so we got drinks and we were sitting down and I started plastering some stickers up around the venue and stuff like that. And, and that's when Tom actually started meeting new people and stuff. He's uh, his IRA compatriots at the bar. Um and it was it was it was awesome. It was it was lining up to be a good show. I saw um, the Poison Boys guys and said hello and stuff. And uh, sure enough, on the uh, stroke of nine o'clock, Poison Boys came on. Now, what did you think, Tom? Because you had seen them before, right? I, I have never seen them before. I thought I thought they played that first Reggie show that we saw Susie Moon. They did. They played, didn't they? No, that was with the Queers. Uh... Captain Heroes played one night. That's right. Yeah, you're right. I saw them with... And, but no, because if you remember, both the openers, the true openers, were god-awful. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then they had, like, the there was a four-band bill. Susie played second to last. Queers played last. And Captain Heroes played one day. And a, a band with a really bad name that was pretty good played the other, played Friday night. So I might have seen them with the Ravages then, because I've definitely seen them with Susie Moon before. So I might have seen them at Reggie's with the Ravages, that show that you didn't go to. So what did you think? Um... I thought it took a couple songs for him to warm up. 
But then I enjoyed them quite a bit. Now, I just got the record, obviously, because yep, if I, I don't know I was going to see them, I guess I wouldn't have had to have you buy that for me last time you saw them. But um, I, uh, I, so I, li- I mean, I like them. I like the music. I'm pretty familiar with the new record, especially. So Yeah. I dug it. What do uh, you think about them? Um, yeah, I've seen them probably five times now, and they actually get better and better every time. But now it's th- funny because it's all like you've seen them like five times, but it's all been like last year. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Just like Susie Moon, really. Um, yeah, it's true. I've seen Susie three times in the year. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I thought they were really good. They're, they're suited to a big stage because they do move around a lot. So um, I thought they were really good. I think Matt got a new guitar, so it seemed to be going out of tune a lot. They seem to have a few technical issues. Um, he had to Freaking tune up. Gibsons. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He had a new Gibson. So, um, but I thought they were really good. Now the the new bass, I say new, the bass player has probably been with the band seven months now, but, um, he's really come into his own. He's moving around a lot and stuff. And, uh, they did a good set. They did a set of, they showed the, showcased their new single, which is called rubber band just came out. Um, don't have vinyl yet, but that's what well, they, pl- they played that queen of mean, which is not mean on the record. I should have bought, I, Mean Queen, yeah. I, yeah. You know, I ended up having a few bucks left. I should because both the Poison Boys and the Breeze had a single. Now it's ten dollars now for a single, but I had I actually had a twenty when I woke up, which is amazing. I should have picked up both of those last. <laughs> yeah, week. but oh well. Next uh, time. So uh, yes, yeah, so why that they were good? They played for about a half a half hour, maybe thirty five minutes. Or you something know, everybody like that. was playing about thirty. I think everybody except for the Dead Boys played about thirty five minutes, which the, is perfect. And the Briefs played for forty five. I thought the Briefs played a little bit too long, but that's see, I don't. Maybe they played a little longer, but but like I was actually I I was surprised that the Poison Blades played thirty five minutes. I figured thirty minutes, thirty minutes and out. And I think Susie did about thirty five. It was definitely a shorter set than the other times we saw her. I thought. Yeah, they Susie. played they played eight songs because I grabbed a set a, chat, a set list, so they played eight. Oh, songs. okay, is that all eight songs? Huh? Yeah. Um, but she does that thing where she comes down the audience and kind of yeah does a bit of audience group it, yeah. Yeah, kind of draws draws out that one song quite a bit. Yeah. So, so I'll tell you what, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play that new uh, that new Poison Boys single. Um, oh, like, cool. like I say, it's out digitally. It's not out on vinyl yet. I did ask him about that, but we all know the vinyl problems that, that, yeah. that everybody's having. So, um, spring of 2024, I'm sure it'll be. Out yeah. Yet. See, I'll be able to get it then. Yeah. So this song is called Rubber Band, and uh, yeah, this is the Poison Boys from Chicago.
Poison Boys there with their new single called Rubber Band, which, uh, yeah, it's it's t- typical of them, really, typical of their sound. Very, um, a bit Rolling Stones, punk rock and roll kind of thing. You know, yep. he's got a, he likes... New York Dolls. Yeah, New York Dolls Giant stuff. Thunders. Yep, he was wearing a New York you Dolls know, t-shirt. It's funny, right, because, so we went and saw this four kind of punk-adjacent bands, and they were all very, very image-conscious. Yeah, that's Which true. Which you don't yep. you don't see that much anymore. So so these guys look sort of New York dollsish. They all three of the four guys have long hair, shaggy, shaggy long hair. You know they dressed dressed the part. You know the Matt the singer had like a heel on. You know I mean it was it, they were definitely dressed the part as opposed to which is just sort of unusual in this day and age because usually if you go see a four punk band bill at least one of them's gonna be wearing like gym shorts and. And a hoodie. Tank tops yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hoodies. Yeah, that's exactly. Everybody wears hoodies, right? That's yeah. the thing. Hoodies and a baseball cap or something. So it was nice to see bands that actually took time to for their look and stuff, right? Yeah, it was, it was cool. And of course, of course, Susie. I mean, she she's always. I mean, even when she's. I mean, we saw her literally just step out of her van, and she still looks like a you know nineteen twenties movie star or something. Now, what was amazing to me is when she met us at the record store, it was a completely different outfit than what she was wearing at the, except for the boots, yeah. maybe, completely different outfit than what she was wearing at the venue. So that was, uh, I don't know when she changes or where she changes. She's like fucking Clark Kent Go, goes into it. Oh, I, I was going to say like the like a punk rock share. Okay, sure. But she's still got to go somewhere to actually change into these clothes. And she always looks... But she always, like like when she plays live, and I bet you these are very comfortable. And they're, they're sexy, obviously, but they're very comfortable. And she wears like these like bodysuits, right? Like, right. Uh, like I think every time we've seen her, just kind of wears these bodysuits with like like a, I don't know, like a fishnet kind of thing. So you can see her tattoos and stuff. And, and she's a... And boots, yeah. But it's, yeah, yeah. On a different you know, wig. once again, yeah. they're another... They're another band, and her specifically, you know, she's thought a lot about the presentation. They put a lot of thought into it. It's just not, you know, they have a certain way they open the show instrumentally, and then she yep. comes out, kind of builds the tension. And and this time, now, now, like, we've seen her in, like, small rooms where she'll crawl across the bar. She'll, she's very, she always is, like, you know, doing parkour during their set. <laughs> um, but this this had a big stage, so she didn't really, there wasn't as much, you know, she couldn't really do that. So she did, like, the Annie Flag thing. What do like you mean the guy from Annie Flag always does. Have you, you've seen Annie Flag a couple times, right? Or no? I have, yeah. The bass player always brings his microphone down into the crowd and sings a song down there. Oh, see, it's sometimes been a long time. The, it's been a long time since I sometimes saw Sometimes they'll Flag. bring the drummer down there. The drummer will set up a little set down there. So Susie was doing that. And, you know, Susie's is not a big woman. She's pretty small. And they're moshing around here. And I was like, oh, geez, she's going to get her clock cleaned in here. But it was, but it's, uh, you know, it's pretty cool, very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, she had the, the people. She had the crowd in the palm of her hand, and the crowd, uh, you know, it was, it was a strange the crowd, crowd. Of fifty, year, the crowd of fifty-something-year-old men. I really got the impression, Tom, that there was a lot of people in this crowd who hadn't been to a show in maybe ten years. Yeah, and it was the first time too. out. And there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of young people, was there? There wasn't. Like we've um, been going to some punk shows lately where we're pleasantly surprised how many young people there were. There, this was not one of those shows. Just not. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, he had to be twenty one to get in, and maybe that, maybe there would have been more if it was an all ages kind of thing. I don't know. And I got, I mean, and also like it's like we said, we're not going to get a lot of city people because it's so fucking far out. I heard, I heard a lot of people say that. You know, it's a drag to get to Lombard. And well, back. and a lot, like I said, a lot of people are boycotting the venue because you know people are the worst. Yeah. Um, 
And and and, and okay, so <clears throat> and, and I'm not obviously how can I be? I can't be down on old people going to shows. It's great, but you really got the impression that some of the people are they hadn't been out to a show in ten years and they'd yeah. forgotten how to act because they were like hammered by the time Susie Moon came well, on and it was a second fucking band and they were absolutely well. So hammered. was I, but I made it all the way, didn't I? Yeah, but you can't tell. See, that's why it was weird when when I saw you at the end of the night and you were a little bit worse for wear. I. I've never seen you like that before, so that's why I was. Uh, Neil, I'm telling you, and I know you're saying I I bummed a cigarette off Rick, and that made my knees wobbly. As soon as that wore off, after about ten minutes, I was fine. But whatever, whatever. What I'm saying is, those guys, those other people at the show, they seemed like that, like like after a half hour, because they were. They were, and yeah, you could tell they weren't going to make it, and I don't think they did. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I kind of went to the other side because they were so annoying. I went to the cheetah side once. I kind of stood in the middle, or. Or kind of on our side where the table was, but once uh, the Dead Boys won, I don't know, I was just kind of drawn towards Nosfer- uh Cheetah over on the <laughs> right side cheetah. of the stage right there. Um, it, a, a couple of things about the Susie Which, movie. Boy, I, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, but yeah Susie was, was spectacular as usual. I mean, just... just yeah, spectacular. You know, in a different world, I'm telling you, she'd be opening for like Def Leppard. She'd be opening for Def Leppard at hockey rinks. Oh, I, mean, Def she's got, I think she has that kind of star power. Oh, Def Leppard will be opening for her. Um... It was interesting. Well, that's just insulting to <laughs> It was, again, it was, so I always stand, uh, for bands that I like, I stand front left. Um, that's where I always go. And uh, so when when Susie got in the crowd and people would circle pitting around her, they were actually in front of me, so I had to turn my back to the stage and stuff. It was interesting. And I always like watching Patty and Drew, the bass player and guitar player, to see what they're doing when Susie is in the crowd. You know, to see how they're interacting and stuff, because, you know, the the singer is not on stage with them so i always find that interesting yeah but there was one guy so the bouncers there there was i i only noticed one bouncer so boy i hardly noticed i hardly noticed the bouncers which is pretty unusual for a bigger rock club right well he was that big black dude that was on stage right behind cheetah i don't know if you noticed oh yeah yeah stand yeah. up on stage yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. um but anyway so at one point some like completely drunk looking fucktard um got up front and was standing right in front of Susie and was making out like he was gonna try and lick her privates. And was oh, that right? Oh, the, I, I t- like fr- she was on stage and he was on the ground. Yeah, and the bouncer. Yeah, because there was no barrier, no barrier between the stage and the crowd. No, the bouncer. You bum, could go up and set your drinks on the stage. The bouncer bum rushed him out of there almost instantly. Oh, it, was, it was actually very cool. Just dragged oh, him sorry, out by missed, the fucking I'm neck. Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, uh, dragged his ass out by the neck because I was I was getting pissed off too, and man, he just fucking took him right out. So that was cool. Ah, that's funny. Um, so yeah, so they played for I don't know thirty five, forty, yeah, thirty five minutes maybe, something like that. Um. Did all their did all their, I'd say hits, but they did they hit all the high points, right? They played a couple songs off each of their EPs. Yep. A handful off the new record. Off yep. the new record, yeah. And uh I'm actually gonna play one now. Uh it's one I haven't played before. This is off the okay. off the album Dumb and in Love, which you know came out like last month and it's getting a lot yep. of very good pub. Um yep. this song's called Ninety Nine Miles to Pasadena. Check it out. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, Susie Moon and the boys there with uh, 99 Miles to Pasadena. Um, it's so, an interesting song, isn't it? It's kind of like a, it's almost like a roadhouse blues kind of a rave up kind of a. Yeah. It's different than anything on her EPs. Right, right. Well, I find the album is actually very different than the EPs. I mean, there's a lot of love songs on it's the uh, on the very album. Very straight up. It's very straight up rock and roll. Really, the album is there's, uh, but it, it's. You know, it's ten tracks. It's not terribly long, but it, it covers a decent amount of musical ground. It's, yeah. uh, it's I, I think it's solid. It's going to be in the conversation when the year end rolls around. If you know, oh for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, the cover is beautiful, and it's uh, a lot of love songs on there, either to her family or to where she lives or to her to yeah. her new well, to her fiance, obviously. Like love songs, but not slow songs. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not slow songs. Yes, it's not Lionel Richie. Yeah. No bad. No power. No no power ballads. No power ballads. No. So, uh, yeah, but they're great live. If you ever get a chance to see them, go see them because you will not be disappointed. They are awesome live. No, they're fun. And they, they she uh, divulged a little inside information that we can't share about another, like, uh, classic punk band she's going to go on tour with. So, which I think is awesome because, let's face it, these older guys who go see these older punk bands, present company excluded, of course, they don't really pay attention to the opening acts or – they only want to see older acts, but I really think she could strike a chord with that older crowd. Not just because she's cute as hell, and but but I just think she's you know I think she's good. I think she could strike a chord with that crowd. And if if her looks are what gets people to start paying attention to the music, then you know so be it, right? Well, the band's great too. I mean, yeah, you're right. I yeah, I agree. no, yeah, the whole yeah. band is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not to discount the band, and they are a band as as we discussed with me. And I'll, and I'll give I'll I'll give the crowd props too because. Um, the Poison Boys got a really good reception, and I saw people buying Poison Boys T-shirts and buying. And there wasn't yep. a lot of vinyl being sold. I don't think I didn't see a lot of people carrying albums out, but I saw a lot of Poison Boys T-shirts. And Susie Moon went down great too. People were having a really, really good time. I think there's yep. a lot of videos on uh, on uh, Instagram uh, circulating of them. So uh, I think they went down really well with that crowd. I think it was. I think it was good. And now here's a word from our sponsor. At On Point Press Company, we specialize in branded goods and services at makeitonpoint.com. We provide unique creative items that will set your brand apart. Specializing in creative design, screen printing, branded goods, packaging solutions, and online services. Visit our website at www.makeitonpoint.com to get a custom quote today. Okay, so... um... I kept going back to the seat between bands. You want to sing? You want to stick? You want to stick another song in, or do you want to talk about the briefs? Yeah, no, we'll we'll talk about the briefs. I'm gonna play a brief song. Um, but I just played the Susie Moon song, so oh, that's true. Yeah. So why do why don't you talk about the briefs? Because you, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I think you enjoyed it more than I did. So had you you ever seen them? them? I have. I have seen them before. Yes. See, I had never seen them, but you know, I really am drawn towards that style. It reminds me kind of like. When I saw Blank 77 recently, I kind of forgot how much I like him because I would kind of put them in that, like, pogo punk style, right? Yeah, for sure. That, That's definitely very and, 77, uh, yep. I had never seen them. They just, you know, they play a no-nonsense, you know, two-minute-long songs, go out there and blast them. And it's funny because you said that you thought they played too long. I did not. Um, I don't know how long they played. I, I should really take better notes of that because I am kind of planning to do a written review. I should just, like, put a star at the beginning and say, this review was heavily altered by, by my heroic consumption on this night. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. They played a lot of but, songs. Uh, I mean, admittedly, the songs are short, but they did play an but, awful lot of songs. Yeah, a lot of them are under two minutes. But they played all my favorites. They played Silver Bullet. You know, they, they closed with Corn Weird, I think. They, they, they did. 
they played all their great songs. It was just a, it was just a great fun set. I was having a good time. I was kind of moving my hips and shaking my shaking my boot Neil and dancing and uh, I was having a great time. So I uh, the, the I fun- really enjoyed. The funny thing is, Tom, a lot of the photos, like I said, that either we took, Rick took, or Alan took, and then there's a lot of stuff on Instagram that other people took. Um, we're in almost all the pictures. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> like you can see the back of your head, or you can see you can see my, you know, gray hair or whatever at the front. You know, um, it's, I just, well, I just find man, that humorous. I like to get up there and mix it up with the people, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. No, you do. And so you, so for the briefs, I was up front for a little bit, but then I went and sat towards the back because actually there was a there was a pit. There was a pretty decent sized pit. And it for was the pretty packed too. Because when I left to get a beer, which I'm prone to do, I couldn't quite get back to where I was. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I was. ended up. That's when I first went kind of stage right. But yeah, I was I I was having a really really good time. I. I once again, there's multiple factors involved, but it just kind of, and they're a little newer. Like they didn't, I didn't really hear them until like early 2000s. I don't think they started in 2000. Yeah. I think they started maybe late nineties, but, but yeah, they were like all their albums came out in the two thousands. I think Yeah, they, I think they might've had a single or two before that. No, we actually, we actually but, looked it up because, because Rick was interested. So we looked it up and they formed in 2000. Okay. So, right. um, I, what was, okay. I guess I won't, fa- I won't, I won't fact check you on that, Neil, I guess. So what was interesting was, and maybe you can explain this. What is the fascination between people that are dancing around in the pit and then throwing their drinks up in the air? I saw oh, so I many cans getting idiots. thrown up in the air. What the fuck is up with that? Seven dollar PBRs. I'm not throwing. I'm gonna hold on to it for grim death. I I dropped one, pick it back up, and kept sucking on it. Oh, exactly. Yeah, if someone, know, if someone hits me with a can, I'm gonna fucking punch him. So you know, I, I didn't. I don't get that. But anyway, get to that. Were they throwing them at the? Were they throwing them at the band? There was a couple of cups thrown at the band. There was just cups being thrown in the air. There was cups being thrown towards the back. Was, so, but anyway, was that, that was. So you said at one point that you weren't gonna get up and try and dance because the the dance floor was completely. Oh wet, yeah, yeah. Right? It you was got soaking. Too close. It was too slippery with beer. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It was absolutely. I know soaking. I would fall down. I'd have a replay of my falling down in the pit from earlier this year. Exactly, exactly. So um, those guys, most of the people there are so old, they'd never pick me back up. They'd all freaking all their backs would go out trying to get me up off the ground. I saw a couple of people fall down. In fact, there was a fight at one point. Rick said, "You know those that weird that, that weird guy that was kind of." He tried to hijack the table in front of us. Like when we first got there, he was kind of an older guy with almost like a bowl cut and like a gray sweatshirt or something. Yeah, it seemed like they might have been skinheads at one point. Oh, so maybe. May- yeah, maybe, but they certainly weren't dressing anything like it at all. They were the ones that looked like yeah. they hadn't been outside in 20 years. You don't uh, think skinheads, wear new ba- you skinheads don't wear New Balance? Uh, not a no. <laughs> um, but anyway, Rick said he saw him getting taken out towards the back with a bloody face. So I don't know well, what good. the fuck happened to him. So I wish I would have seen that because that guy was super annoying. Yeah, yeah it's the same he was. One I'm of. He totally was. And he had, he had a beard too, so I don't know. Oh, that wasn't – okay, that's not the one I'm thinking of then. But there was definitely some guys, mid-50s, up front, like just trying to create mayhem. Yep. And it was just kind of, kind of right, like right in front of our table where we were there. But, um, you know, I don't begrudge people having fun. But, yeah, it is – got to pace yourselves, old-timers. Yep, got to pace yourselves. got four yourself, bands, exactly. man. I can't imagine not what they all, were like the next day. Yeah, not all of you can hang with me, you know. I mean, I'm I'm going strong all through all the bands. I'm it, matter of fact, I'm going strong through the evening, but that's that's a different story. But so yeah, I really enjoyed the briefs. You you see, I wonder if you were getting tired at that point or what? Because I I, I don't I don't know because it seems like you were yeah you might have been fading a little bit. I, I don't know, Neil. No, I wasn't. Maybe, I, I wasn't fading. Maybe I was, was just. just um, I, I at the beginning of the set they played like four songs in a row. I didn't know. 
and mm. I was getting tired of slipping on the beer at the front, so I just went back to our table and enjoyed it from back there. And then when they did play the songs, I did, and you know what? I'll, they were great. They were tight as fuck, and they look awesome. Like you said, yeah. they put a lot of effort into it. It was very 77, a lot of cheap plastic sunglasses, a lot of yeah. like cut-off T-shirts. Ble- and um, Bleached hair. Actually, yeah, ble- yeah bleached spiky hair, hair yeah. I was standing, when the Dead Boys were playing, the main singer, I don't know any of their names. The blonde guy in the middle, the main singer guitar player, yep. was standing right next to me, and I swear his his eyes were almost like transparent. I mean, he was just like a, he looked like a like a Scandinavian zombie or something. Scandinavian zombie. Um, I didn't really. I, I talked to him real, real briefly. I'm sure it was real coherent. He, uh, I think I think that's Stevie Nicks. I think is that his, could uh, be that could because <laughs> they, they have two. They have two Steves. They have Stevie Nicks, who was the blonde guy, and then they okay. have the bass player was Stevie Kicks. <laughs> Okay, because so. he's the cute lepers guy. He has a new band. I, I was yep. like, oh, you got to check out the cute lepers. I have not checked them out, so I will put them on my list of bands to forget to try to check out. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah, yeah the, uh, but when the Bruce did play the the songs, I did know, and I I know I know, I know a couple of their early early albums. I know the first two albums. Are pretty well, that well. first album, that hit after hit album, it's like I mean that's that's really what people know, unfortunately. And I'm sure the rest of the stuff is good, but you're right, like. They had their like Platinum Rats album there, and I, once again, if I don't know what I was going to say, if I, I should have brought more money, but well, so they did. Anyway. So okay, so let's talk about the album they did have that we both purchased. Yep, it's the greatest hits album, Neil. Can you believe it? We're like soccer moms. So yeah, they have a they have a singles album, a greatest hits it's album, called hits only or only yeah, hits yeah, or only the hits or something, and it was limited. To, it's only being sold on the tour, supposedly. I don't know who who knows if this is true, right? But two hundred um, copies. 200 copies they were selling 10 at every venue 10, per 10 only so i got mine did you get number one i got number i got the fourth one because when i heard that i just ran right over there he had just opened the package he had just opened okay. the package I, I made him open the package so i got i probably got the first one and then i came back to you and you said oh you got the album and i'm like yeah there's only 10 so you rushed over there and got the next one or whatever um i got the fourth so it's got like a 3d cover it comes with 3d glasses and um which is you know unusual these days right very nice you know and uh gorgeous like i said mine is like a blue and purple splatter vinyl looks fantastic i guess i better go look at it I, like i said i just kind of pulled the edge out and i saw it was blue so i guess i better look at it a little better well somebody said you get the white one you get the white one that's a really rare one i'm like i don't know dude i didn't i didn't they didn't say i just bought it hmm. that's interesting that they did all different but uh I might be black for all i know but 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 uh so I tried putting my 3D glasses on in the dark. Maybe it was too dark. That is the only thing I could think of. But I'm like, what a bullshit 3D cover. It didn't do anything. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try it like get some good light. But yeah, whatever. I don't care. It was cool. I mean, I do like that kind of. So yeah, I came with the glasses. and It was kitschy. It was kitschy, right? It was something different, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, did you? Well, like, that, okay. No, that that album, let me... I guess that album came out in 2005 originally. This is like a third or fourth generation of it. So. Oh, is this like the... Uh... Uh, is singles only or whatever it was. is it the same thing as that as that one it's not the same thing as the first record but it's like i, I looked it up online and there's just a bunch of different versions of it and and oh the okay. version we got is online so oh okay oh it is oh, okay i left i'll have to look at that um go upgrade your disc gags talking of 3d glasses you were howard stern fan did you ever get the classic Bo- bongo fiesta uh dvd uh, i mean i, I mean vhs that, vhs i, I mean no, did you? Did it require three D glasses? It did. It, yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. I. I, I mean, it. I remember. 
I remember reading about it. I didn't. I never saw it. No. I I bought it. I I don't know if I I, I might have thrown it away when I moved. I had the But Bongo Fiesta VHS. It's probably worth money, dude. It's probably worth the, money now. Because I think when he was actually doing the But Bongo Fiesta scene, which was him basically playing the playing the ass Making of girls cool. on his on his yeah. lap, um, I think that was filmed in three D. So it came with because I think glasses. that was a was that a pay per view originally or was it originally a tape? It, I know I, it might have been a pay per view at one point. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? You threw, it's funny you threw that away because Howard Stern stuff is highly collectible. I might have, hopefully I moved it. I've got I've moved a bunch of stuff and it's just sitting in the garage in a big plastic tub. A lot of my old VHS tapes. So your old your old uh, your old Tory Wells. Tori Wells tapes. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Only people of a certain age will remember who that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They'll be the only people who know what VHS is, for God's sake. You have to get rid of all your Ron Jeremy. He's canceled. <laughs> Good old Ron. Um, all right, so I'm going to play a brief song. a bizarre story, dude. All right, then we'll talk about Ron Jeremy. Again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is – because we played a lot of briefs over the last couple episodes. So uh, this is one we haven't played. This is uh, the briefs with Piss on the Youth. Okay, that was the briefs. Uh, Seattle's finest with piss on the youth. Amen to that sentiment. Yeah, and I'm actually going to try and re- reach out to them and try and get one or two of them on the show, but we'll see because be their cool. um, online presence doesn't be particular. Doesn't seem to be particularly well, good. And they, they they come and go, right? Like they go long periods without doing anything, right? Their website still has that. Um, what's that Rats album or whatever is their new album, which was like. The Platinum Rats, yeah. Like 10 years ago. So they're not updating like that 15. website particularly often. Yeah, Platinum Rats. So back to Ron Jeremy. Yes, Ron Jeremy. So, so and once again, because I was at one point accused of laughing at rape victims, and that's not what I'm trying to do here. You were? What I'm, what, when was this? That was that letter. Remember that letter? Oh, that, oh, that asshole, yeah. The fucking Swedish prick. But, but, but the, the bizarre thing, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting anybody who was assaulted by this guy because it's, it's terrible and I don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. But what a weird thing, right? This guy makes sex tapes for a living and then when he gets home, he's still assaulting people? That'd be like me coming home and like with a, like a manhole hook and like playing around 
around in like the local sewer after I get done with work. It's just bizarre. Well, yeah, you think you wouldn't have any uh, ammunition left, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, jeez. See, is that what it was? I, I, I didn't know. I thought maybe some of the pawns. Oh yeah, dude, he he's gonna doing... die. He's gonna die in prison. I mean, it's really serious. Oh, I, th- I thought maybe some of the porn stars he was. You know, he had sued him or something, or take. I don't. Him, I no, know. I don't think so. I think it's just his behavior was that bad outside of the realm of porn. But I, I bet you, when you're in porn all the time, it kind of gives you a warped sense, right? Yeah, you probably don't think anything but, of it, right? But it's so funny because even in his heyday, nobody's ever going to say, "Oh, that Ron Jeremy, he was a good-looking dude," right? Yeah. How but you see him now, it is really disturbing. How's he even? How would he be even getting girls? I mean, Jesus Christ, he's I, hideous. I don't know. Well, he just—I guess he drugs them, or no? I don't. I don't. Oh, know he did. Oh, just, okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. I—I I don't know. No, no, I don't know anything about that. But I just know he had like a hundred counts of sexual assault against him, or something. It was crazy. Sounds like one of those NFL players. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he looks horrible. Till you see him, and yeah, well, you see him in court, and it's just like, ugh, he looks like. Like they might as well put him in one of those things. Like they put Hannibal Lecter in. We'll get to that in the next band. <laughs> push him around on the dolly. Yeah, there we go. Good segue. Good segue. Um, so what are you, what are you, so the dead boys came on next and um, dude, there are so many angles to take on this one. Well, uh, let I'll me, let you go let first. Me first let me first make a, a visual assessment of what's yes. going on. Yes. So, well, they open with Sonic Reducer, which is a baller move, right? Well, yeah, and Come the other, with, uh, and the other with, times I've what, seen them, that's what, what they've done, too. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think they'd be like, did they really do an encore? Did they actually leave the stage? They did. They did leave the stage. I don't think they went anywhere. They just seemed to mill about on the side of the stage. <laughs> so, okay. So, so of course, you got Cheetah, which we'll get to last. And then you have the singer. So, it's funny, because if you're, if you're going to replace an iconic singer... There's one of two ways to do it. You either get somebody who's different enough that you can't really compare them, or you get somebody who's the same. I mean, the guy who plays Stiv is almost doing like a cosplay, right? Well, he was because I mean, well, it is really. Well, you know, you, he's you know, trying. It, you know what? She'd have found him, no, right? He was in the movie or something, right? Like well, he, the Dead, he was in a Dead Boys movie or something. Well, he was in a Dead Boys cover band. And oh, is that what it was? Yeah, like that movie? Yeah, and that's and that's 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 where that's where she'd have found him. See, now, I thought he was in like a movie, like he played Steve in a movie or something. I mean, he might he might have done, but the, I I know that he was in a I know that he was in a Dead Boys cover band. And just to set the stage here, so the Dead Boys have, and I'm making quotes, the Dead Boys have reformed every few years and done a tour. Um, as you know, the well, you guys all know the story. This is what, the first time I met Tom. I was going to see the Dead Boys, and he was going yep. to see uh. Who, you gonna see Daigle poison? abortion. Daigle uh, abortions. Negative, negative, negative approach in Daigle abortions. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'd seen them before. This is a completely different lineup, except for Cheetah well, the, and, and the singer. The, and this is the and you like that time when we first met. That was the first time you'd seen them, right? That was it, the only time. I mean, you saw like Lords of the New Church, and you saw Skid yeah, before, but you never it, saw the Dead Boys. Exactly. But at least you're too young. Honestly, honestly, you're too young. They broke up in like seventy nine or seventy eight or something, right? Right. Um, and that time I did see them. Johnny Blitz at least was playing drums. Yeah. So um, this time could he was, could he keep up? He was no, he was great. He had the double. See, that's another thing. He had the he, he, had, he had he had the double bass drum kit, right? He had the double. Um, but uh, this guy. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But so this so this version of the band it was Cheetah and that Jake guy, the singer. Those were the only two that were from that same band that I saw three years ago. 
Yeah. So the rest of the band was completely different. Now, do you want to talk about the rhythm section or the bass player and the uh, rhythm guitarist well, so on the, the left-hand rhythm section, side the, of the stage? The, the drummer was totally normal looking, but they had literally already replaced him on the tour is what I thought they said, right? Yes. That's... Like they had already lost the drummer and replaced him on the tour? Yeah, that's why I don't think this tour is going to make it. We were only like seven dates in of like a 30-day ah, tour. They're going to be fine. They've already replaced the, the first drummer already left. So, I mean, just going by what the last version of the band, because we know a couple of the guys that were in that last version of the band. Yeah. From what they true. said, this, I don't think this tour is, uh, I'm personally, well, we, we can bet on it if you want, but I don't think this tour is going to, is going to make it I, all the way I through. I bet you it finishes. I bet you it finishes. You know why? Because they need, they need the money. <laughs> well. He needs uh, the money. Well, we can get into that in a minute too. So, uh, but anyway, talk about the guys on the left-hand side of the stage. Okay. Tom. So the bass player. If I could, I mean, once again, I'm not trying to be offensive here. Really, I'm not. I'm just, he looked a little bit like Andrew Dice Clay, is who I would say he looked like. <laughs> yeah. Would you agree with that? And this is Andrew Dice Clay of today, not the Andrew Dice Clay of well, 30 years ago. Well, he had ago. like kind of long, he had short hair and kind of long cybers. He looked sort of like an Italian Goomba type. And, uh, you know, yeah, he, 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 him and he was but, tall and extraordinarily overweight. He didn't look like he belonged in a Dead Boys, let's put it that well, way. And, and, the, and the guitar player, the other guitar player... Other than Cheetah, looked like Johnny Winter. He had like a, a big hat, tall hat on, and like long straight hair. Like if I, I apologize to all you punk rockers who had no idea what Johnny Winter looks like, but he's just like this '70s rocker wears like this tall cowboy hat with long straight hair, right? I mean, that's he looked like a look. Like he should be playing in like a Leonard Skinner tribute band or something. Yeah, I was gonna say Edgar Winter meets uh, what what the Steve Ray Vaughan or something because he had that really yeah. funny cowboy hat thing on. It was just ex- no. And and that's not to say that they weren't doing well playing. They just visually it was it was a strange sight. Dude, if you'd have told me that they'd wandered in from the Johnny Hambone gig next door and were just <laughs> filling in for the night, I wouldn't have been surprised. They did like maybe, oh, dude, maybe they maybe they were. That's where the drummer came from. Okay, so Johnny Hambone. When when I okay, so when I saw the version of the band in 2018, 2019, whenever it was. Now it had it, it, had, Ricky, been, it had Ricky Rap playing bass. Twenty eighteen, right? Twenty eighteen. Year before we, yep. it was a year before we started podcasting. So it must have been twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's right. It was summer twenty eighteen. My girlfriend had just broken up with me. Um, so, they, sorry, to, sorry to rub that salt in your wounds, everybody. They had, they had Ricky Rap playing bass. Yep. And they had that other guy. I can't remember his name. Jason. Something. Jason, yeah, playing guitar. But they were both rock and roll guys. Ricky always looks fantastic. He looks like he fits in the band. And so did Jason. Well, and Ricky was like, Ricky played in a band that was very like New York Dolls. Played the Adjacent. track rats. Kind of yeah. Detroit's version of the Dolls, yeah. Yeah. So they had those two guys. He had Johnny Blitz, the singer, and Cheetah. It looked like it could be the Dead Boys. You know what I mean? It looked like they all fit yeah. together. This band that we saw on Saturday just looked like stray musicians that happened to show up on the stage. That's what it looked like. And but, once again, that's not to discount their playing. It's just they just no, looked they, they, were, they, they were fun. No, they were they were they were, they were well, fine. And no. then, they were fine. I mean the drummer, I'll give him this. I mean he'd only just joined the tour. I mean he'd like I don't know if it was that day or a few days before or whatever. So, I mean he made some mistakes. That's fine. He was brand new, you know, that's to be expected, but uh well, I'll tell you on what, the whole man, it was good. PBR, a few more PBRs you wouldn't have even noticed. <laughs> That's because you know why it was, Tom? Because we were standing on the side of the stage by 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 Cheetah, and you were so amazed <laughs> that Cheetah looked like Dude, he was, I was the living dead. I was transfixed. <laughs> you were transfixed. I, I didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me try to describe Cheetah here. So I looked it up. He's I mean he's literally my dad's age. I mean he's in his late sixties. It's not. 
And the thing is, you see late 60s, guys in the late 60s look great, but he's had a hard life, man. He's not, you know, he's lived the rock and roll lifestyle, right? And I do, so he's bald as an egg, right? He's bald as an he's egg. He's not the he's not Ron Weasley anymore, as portrayed in the CBG CBG right. Yeah, and and we're we're really not making fun of him. We're not, but so he's bald as an egg. He's thin as he's thin as anything. But for some reason, I don't know he, if he's thin. He's kind of paunchy, isn't he? Or was he? See, I I don't. I don't, I don't I, but he wears because he's kind of got the Mister Burns kind of like slight humpback thing though. he does like yes slight, right? yeah he has that but he was also wearing like thick black eyeliner for some reason which oh, made it Neil, even uh, Neil the, uh, <laughs> more disturbing he's wearing like just like black on black right like tight either black jeans or leggings or something i don't know and uh but he's got like a black cardigan like almost sweater <laughs> thing that's a little too long and he's got these giant like kiss boots on i guess they were engineer boots but they're not like the engineered toe boots they're like the giant like motorcycle boots, and he he looked a little bit like a vampire. He did. He did. He looked like he'd been I mean, reanimated. I mean, all I could think yeah. is they have a coffin backstage with dirt from his homeland, and that they put him in there. And <laughs> from Cleveland. <laughs> dirt from Cleveland, and he climbs out of it, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, once again, I was I, what I was really staring at, I mean, he did look kind of bizarre. You know what I mean? He's, he's just, he's an old, he's clearly an older guy. You know, his skin looks old and all that. But he, I was I was honestly watching his fingers, dude. Yeah, I mean, he was—he was, he was he's guitar play. player. I mean, was no, oh yeah, his guitar player is no, fantastic. Because he was doing the leads, and you know, it was so they started with Sonic Producer, and I kept getting closer and closer, and I end up right up on the stage, you know, side of the stage, on the side he was on, and I was—I was literally just—and granted, I was pretty, pretty three sheets of wind at this point, but I was just transfixed watching his left hand, watching him hammer those chords, and it was. Uh, and especially right to the bitter end. So they they came out and did two songs to finish. And I don't remember – I can't even remember what the first one was. But they finished with Ain't It Fun. And I was just I – would, I was just mesmerized. So I got to tell you, man, I, I – and I, I was really anticipating loving this show. But I had so much fun. I, I can't even – I got, you know, I saw Scott today and he was bummed he couldn't go. And I'm like, dude, I can't really, comp- I can't say one bad thing about the whole, the whole, the whole adventure. Right. It was no, so the, much fun. The whole, we the whole, the whole there thing. was some fear that Marv, that we were afraid that Marv might, you know, get a little uh, too wound up, but he ended up being a great drinking partner for me. Right. Um, yeah. What, what song did they do before they did Ain't It Fun? It was something from Young, Loud, and Snotty. It was a classic. I mean, every. I mean, there wasn't one song you didn't know. I mean, they only recorded twenty songs. No, right? it, it, actually, it wasn't Tom. It was Flamethrower Love. That's the one. That, oh, Flamethrower Love. Okay, from the second. Album. Okay. Yeah. Or did they do High Tension Wire? I I don't remember. It, was it might have been High Tension Wire because they yeah. played both those songs. Yeah, they did. Well, they basically, played, they, play, they played almost their entire fucking set, right? They played the well, whole thing. Well, they they probably played 45 minutes they probably played 15 songs or something or close to it so they played maybe not quite that many they probably played almost the whole first album and part of the second album right right yeah they did I mean, son, they did son of did sam they third, did they do third generation nation they did not no they did they not unfortunately so. no that would have been good um and you know I, okay so the two guys on the left hand side of the stage the uh fat paunchy bass player and the uh i was not i just was not watching them very much i just got a visual of them out of my yeah. I'd have been happier if they put those if they put those guys behind a curtain. Singer Neil, well, that's what I was about to say. Oh. So they should have put those guys behind a curtain, and because the, the, the singer, because the singer was fucking giving it loads, wasn't he? He was totally into it. He was like chatting with the well, crowd, like I, swearing, having no, a great time. No, he was time. very, he was very good. But like I said, it's it's like cosplay almost. 
It's like he's playing a character. You know what I mean? He was, and then he was like, he said it, you know, he prays to the spirit of Steve or whatever to come down, and I don't know. It was that that bit was kind of weird. Um, but he was re- he was really into it. I mean, he was like yelling and and you yeah. know. And you buy him as the, I mean, you you buy him as Div. I mean, he's he's, you know, he's very good as a front man. He was uh, as a front like, man. He was awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yep, fully decked out and just yeah, it was it was uh, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing, you know, because Cheetah is, you know, he's the reason we're all there, but he is he is a weird, a weird looking dude at this point. So they yeah, like um, you, like you said, they played all all the classics. Um, now the funny thing was, so back towards the merch. So the merch was over by there's a long hallway towards oh, the bathroom. This is this is bizarre. This too. is bizarre. So okay, so most bands these days, we all know, they don't play much by playing live. They don't make much, a lot of money playing live, but they make their money at the merch booth. So most bands, same was this night. Now the briefs probably had eight different T-shirts. They had vinyl. They had all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Susie Moon had T-shirts, not as many, but she had some T-shirts, and she had quite a few. Yeah, all had, three of her. Well, at yeah. least two of her three records. She had she she had vinyl. Even the Poison Boys had like three different T-shirts. They had singles. They had stickers. Single, they had they stuff. Had two different records. Yeah. Yep. yep. Tom, tell the tell the uh, tell the fans what uh, what did the Dead Boys have for merch. They had a Cheetah Chrome t-shirt. <laughs> they had one Cheetah It was so bizarre because every other table was just laid out with stuff. Their booth, their little area, their little flea market booth had one t-shirt tacked to the rear wall. Yep. No price on it, no nothing. And it was just – and I understand maybe – you know, getting all that merch made up for a tour is expensive, but it pays for itself. How do you not – I mean, if you put a t-shirt – Neil, if they would have had a t-shirt – that just was a black T-shirt with the first album cover on it. Yep. I would have bought it. Yeah, for sure. They would have sold a ton of them. They would have sold a ton. Or if they would have had, if they would have had a picture of Cheetah rising from his crypt. <laughs> you know what? That would have actually been pretty fucking awesome if they sucking done that. on the neck, of yes. a, sucking on the neck of a young virgin of Susie Moon, sucking on the neck <laughs> yeah, of Susie. Imagine yeah. that. That would have sold like a million shirts. We should, but I just, we should fucking it, do it, that. It, that it was really weird, and I realize they don't really have any music to put out. But honestly, what that makes me wonder, Neil, is if his right to the name is really on that solid of footing. Yeah, I'm thinking that too because. But um, by the same token, who's going to sue? I mean, you know, because so so Blitz, of course, the drummer put out a statement right before the tour came out saying, "Just so we know, this is not. I don't approve of this or whatever." And it, which I, I don't know what his motivation is at this point. Maybe he wasn't asked, and he would have liked to been, or maybe he. I, well, I don't know, but Cheetah must. I assume Cheetah must legally control the name. Well, I see. I don't think so because that 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 Facebook post where it said to boycott this tour was from a band from a a, a handle that said official Dead Boys. So I oh, is that right? I, yeah. So I don't know because the Dead Boys the Dead Boys like Facebook page that posts all this stuff is a fan page. Okay. Well, I don't because know it's, what. So it's the, not. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. But Tom, I have to guess that you are right. Otherwise, why wouldn't he be printing Dead Boys merch? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that would be, it'd just be a license to print money, and that's how we would, would make money you on this it, tour. You could, you could print them, you could print t-shirts up for five, six bucks a piece, Tom, sell them to us suckers for 25 bucks a pop. He'd have sold a, he'd have sold a boatload of them. Yep, and make them large, because your fans are fat and old. Make lots of big sizes. So this t-shirt, yeah, it, so the t-shirt, the t-shirt he had was like a cheetah head, and it just said cheetah chrome on it. That's all it says. Cheetah Chrome it, established 1935, or whatever year he was born. So, so it wasn't even a great t-shirt, but I think... 
either Marv or Rick went up to try and buy one, and they'd already sold out of whatever size he wanted. <laughs> so it wasn't even well, like they Marv had a lot of them. Like a, Marv must be like a large. He's pretty normal size. Rick's a little bit. Rick might be like a 2X, but... So the, but the, what I'm saying is they'd already sold out of those. So it's not even like they were selling uh, lots of those T-shirts. So just fucking bizarre. Maybe that was off Cheetah's own back. <laughs> I just don't... Yeah, give you, he'd give you his weird black cardigan. <laughs> Yes, he'll sell you that for ten dollars. Um, but but like I said, I mean, I I kid, I kid because I love because I really I really did have the greatest time. I'm, yeah, I'm it was a great, it was a great time. The thing is, you know, I'm actually writing a review of it, and I started my review by writing something like, "Yeah, I know, calling this the Dead Boys is a bit of a stretch," and it is. You know, I mean, it's it's, but it's the fact of the matter is, it's as close as we're gonna get. I'd rather see Cheetah play those songs than somebody who has no connection. Right. Them. You know what I mean? There's a power in hearing the people who wrote the songs play them. So that's I'm, the same reason I'll go see the Dead Kennedys without Jell singing, other than the fact that I think Jell is a pretentious prick. So, but yeah, but who wrote, anyway. those, who wrote those Dead Kennedy songs? Well, it depends who you ask. Jell <laughs> swears that he wrote every single chord. Because we know that Cheetah wrote most of those songs because he recorded them with uh, Rocket from the Tombs, Rocket right, in 74 in Cleveland. So Wait, it's we, ironic. We know that Rocket, Ch- Rocket from the – they should change the name back to Rocket from the Tombs. Um, yeah, more like yeah, more like, Ami- more like uh, Amigo from the Tombs. So what are those little buggy things that the old guys drive? All right, that joke missed. But talking <laughs> I, about the I don't know where you're going with that one, but it's okay. Amigo, Amigo from the Tomb. <laughs> okay. Whatever they call us. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom, I have honestly, I'm on your wavelength most of the time, but I have no idea what that joke was. Well, you know those like carts you ride around at Walmart of the carts the old food. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I don't know if he's taking a rocket from the tomb anymore. It might be more like an amigo from the tomb. Anyway. Yeah, and he has one of those. Phones. I'm here all week. He has one of those phones with the big week. buttons. It's j- jitterbug exactly. from the tombs. Um, I'm here all week. Two drink minimum. Don't forget to tip your bartenders and waitresses. Thank you very much. So they played this set, and for some reason they left the stage and they left the microphone in the crowd. And the crowd were yelling, "You know, one more song, one more song." So they actually did come on and play an encore of two songs, and then they left. But apparently, then someone stole the microphone. Because after the, <laughs> after the show, after the show, the bouncers there was an announcement that someone that they were missing a microphone, and the bouncers were coming around looking at the tables and oh, stuff, looking funny. for this microphone. So apparently, one of those drunk assholes stole the microphone. Well, um, apparently, I was a little out of it because I missed a lot of this action. I didn't see the fight. I didn't see the microphone getting stolen. So I woke okay. up, but I did on a totally unrelated note. I did wake up with an extra microphone in my suitcase that I don't remember burning. <laughs> yes, yeah, it stuffed in your pants for some reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I put it in my prison wallet and smuggled it out. So yes, okay, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know what happened there. So I've I've known Tom now for four years, and we've been drinking numerous times. Um, he can drink me under the table. That's not a that's not a secret. Um, but of all the times, I think Neil. I think we drink the same amount, Neil. But I take like weeks off at a time, and you just you're slow and steady, and I'm like competitive. I, I you know, all the times we've been out, I might have drunk the same amount combined that you drank on Saturday night. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I think that might be accurate. No, cause... I just mean, I mean in general, like because you you have a couple every day, and I I like I I, I might not drink again until we go out again in a month. I'm I'm definitely in a real binge drinking pattern. Probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but. So I don't oh. know how many Tom had that night. I, I had four. I would say Tom had 14. Um, oh, at least. I, at least. I yeah. bet you at least 15. So the show finishes. It was and... three or four per band, and I already had several in me before I 
Yeah. Well, yeah, we had, yeah, we you had you had four in the restaurant before we. You know what? Maybe in. maybe the total night because we. Well, I was gonna say because you guys left. What time? The show was over at like twelve thirty, and you guys went home, right? No, the show was back. over at one. So you was guys, it one? So you guys, you guys know me. I mean, I I wake up at five every every day. Yeah. So I'm normally in bed by ten. So one o'clock was a really fucking late night for me. So we. So You're the in show, bed at ten, and you take a nap in the afternoon. So the show the show finishes, and uh, and and Rick's about the same age as me, and you know he's normally a big drinker, but he wasn't feeling it that night. So, um, we were like, okay, let's. So I we mean, try- we're all within. within- we're all within ten years of each other. We're all. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll be fifty in the spring. You know, we're the, the Rick's. Marv's like fifty five. Rick is fifty around there too, right? Fifty five, fifty eight. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, you know what? You know what? Let's hold this story because I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play my last song. It's gonna be a Dead Boy song. So I'm okay. gonna play. I'm gonna play "Son of Sam," which is obviously about the uh, son of Sam killings in nice. uh, in uh, nice. New York in seventy seven. So yeah, this is uh, Dead Boys with "Son of Sam."
All right, dead boys there with with set up Sam. Um, Neil, have you been watching the Have you been watching the Jeffrey Dahmer thing? I tried to watch the first episode. I really did not dig it. So, oh my I, gosh, I yeah. am very into it. I'm very into it. That's too bad. Well, if you watch it, we'll talk about it. But, but if have you, you see Have you seen there. the Son of Sam documentary on Netflix? I think I did. That was a while back, right? Where they yeah, basically it's, it's pretty be- much without a shadow of doubt said that it wasn't it wasn't Bergwitz was not Son of Sam. Well, but he, right? but he was one of them. There was numerous people who was doing the, who were doing ah. the killings. There was like a group, like a satanic group, and they were filming him for snuff videos and shit. So but was that? Re- it's, see, I couldn't figure out if that was actually real or if that was just like a big. Uh, it's 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 pretty thing. clear that he was not the only person doing those. Yeah, killings. yeah, that part. Yeah, he um, wasn't bright enough, if nothing else. He wasn't smart enough to get away with this all. Because at, and his next door neighbor was a guy called Sam, and his son was was one of the was one of the main fucking culprits. So uh, it actually was the son of Sam, which is it's not too subtle. But apparently, the New York police couldn't break that. So um, well, when you watch this Dahmer thing too, you watch the and there's some wokeness to this Dahmer thing, and I think some of it's fair and some of it's not. But the fact of the matter is these these police had so many the Milwaukee police, you know, at least half of those murders happened well after the Milwaukee police should have closed this case up. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, it's almost but, it's true about almost all of these almost these serial killers, they're almost all caught by accident. It's fucking crazy, actually. That's that's a whole nother show. Well, this this the Dahmer case, the neighbors were constantly calling the cops, but it was in a, it was in the ghetto and the cops were just like, Yeah, we don't care. Plus yeah. he was he was gay he was gay so that was like a double whammy like oh let's let's leave these guys alone you know yeah for sure but anyway I'm sorry okay so anyway getting getting back to the show so okay yes. so the dead boys go off and you know this it, it starts it starts emptying out and I'm trying to round up the troops because I'm I'm tired I'm, I'm I know I'm going to wake up at five no matter what happens so even though it's one o'clock now I'm still going to wake up super fucking early so I'm trying to round up the troops so. I get you. I noticed that you're a little more the worse for wear than you normally are after I've been drinking with you. But it's not it's no surprise. You'd been drinking for a long yeah. time. I, I get it. But it wasn't like I don't I don't get like incoherent. You know, I'm 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 I get a little wobbly, but I'm all right. You were slurring your words, which you never normally do. So mm. but you weren't too bad. It was fine. It was fine. Then we rounded you up. It was we we and we went outside and I don't know if it was the fresh air, but Rick lit up a cigarette and then you asked him for a cigarette. And he gave you a cigarette, and then you got really fucking wobbly, right? You, you yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Almost, you almost, almost fell almost, over at one point. It almost knocked me out. Yeah, yeah. And then you were blaming. And like I said, f- honestly, I know you don't you don't believe me, but I swear, ten minutes later, when that wore off, I was fine. Yeah. I mean, I was well, fine. <laughs> yeah, so fine like, yes, sure. it was a cigarette and the fifteen beers that you had them. Yeah, <laughs> made you that well. Way. And then we went back in and had a couple more, obviously. And well, yeah. So you guys went. So at that point, okay. me and, and me and Rick, because you're like, oh, do, do you want to go now? Or should we go back in and have another drink? I'm like, dude, I am not going in front of the drink. And I don't think you should either. <laughs> and you're like, Marv, what should we do? And Marv was pretty lit, too. And yeah. Marv said, oh, sure, if you want, we can go back in for another drink. So me and Rick just looked at each other and were like, nah, we're fucking heading back to the hotel. So <laughs> you were still holding on to the briefs album, kind of. Uh, and you're like, I'll take this in with me. And I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it for you. Oh, that's you what tomorrow. you had to bring down on Sunday morning. Yeah. That's why you, that's what, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. you don't remember that. Huh? I, I have, well, I have a hazy sort of, I'm like, <laughs> you had something for me. You had to bring to the hotel. Yeah. So I took the album from you and, uh, we ran it back across the street, across these four days. It was like you fucking probably switched Frogger. It. You probably switched it and took the good color and gave me the crappy color, didn't you? <laughs> no. Cause you know, I had, cause I had the set list in mind. So you know that. Ah, okay. Um, Mine had, mine had beer stains on it. Yeah, yeah, yours had puke on it. Um, so we made it across the street. No 
Uh, no, th- this is dude. This is funny. So we we got back to the hotel. And you know what? That elevator was the slowest elevator in the world, Ugh. right? So the one tiny elevator. Um, you know where the little breakfast nook was. So yep. there was there was two people sitting there. I don't know why it was one o'clock in the morning. I don't know why they were there, but they were. Were they punk rockers or just no? People? They were just normal people. But in front of us, also waiting for the elevator, was a couple that were actually at the front. There was like a bald, like ugly looking dude and his and his funny dumpy that, that looking really narrow and his little wife his little gotcha. wife who was older but with that blue hair or something so they were in the they were waiting for the elevator too that's obviously been to the show and this guy had an english accent and he mm. says to these two guys that were sitting in the breakfast nook he goes where are you guys from and uh they're like oh we're from canada and he goes fuck canada well <laughs> 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 i guess it was from the south park thing but these two people clearly had no idea what he was talking about, and they looked extraordinarily <laughs> offended. And I basically just like hurried him into the elevator before there was a fucking fight. Um, so anyway, so we went back to the room, and I was feeling a little concerned about leaving you at the bar because you went back into the bar to play pool or something supposedly. And I felt never like, happened. But yeah, we tried. Yeah, I so so so. Why don't you take it from here? Because I I was back in my room trying to well, get to sleep. We so. just went back and had a couple more. Oh, and then I ran into my Southside Irish buddies. And oh, they were there the, still. The closest I came to losing it, Neil, was he, some point he handed me a shot. The big guy with the beard. Oh my Jesus! Age, and I was so well. And I did almost lose that shot. When I took that shot down, it was, I was, I, you could tell by the look on my face. Anybody who was watching me drink that shot of Jameson or whatever could tell that it was not a good idea. Oh, bloody hell, man. Okay. Well, I mean, so, you're, yeah, you're I a fucking trooper. And then we had a couple more drinks and then, you know, we're, I swear, I, I want to play pool, right? And we just, this is how disheveled we were. We couldn't get it together to play pool. So I finally get up to the quarters. He goes over there and like the thing eats his quarters. Yeah. And then didn't they close the bar and kick you out or something? He's up and stuff. And the next thing you know, it's like, all right, you guys got to get out of here. Everybody out. Everybody out. So we, so if you guys were there till one, we were only there, I think only there till like two. I think they, before they threw us out. I, I, getting back was a little hazy, but man, I woke up in my bed. So. Yeah. Now the funny do. thing was, so I was, I was, squaring at myself because I, I even though i i slept in till seven how's that um but i was swearing at myself because they had breakfast in the hotel and it was fucking terrible and was it well, i'm glad i didn't get up for the it. hotel was like a mishmash of the weirdest people that being like a pakistani wedding so there was a lot of pakistanis there um yep. that'd be Dressed like some kind of there'd been some kind of junior hockey tournament so there's a yeah. bunch of like young like 14 yeah. year old kids with hockey sticks and, and a bunch bre- of punk rockers. The bre- and then some punk rockers. The breakfast nook was full of all these like weird, disparate people. So I was hungover, <laughs> and I was and I was fucking not feeling great. And Rick came down, and, and so this was eight o'clock in the morning, and I wanted to leave, but I I had this album of yours, goddammit, and I couldn't leave until I gave <laughs> it to you. Know. I'm going to see you in a month. Exactly, as a matter of fact, exactly a month from today, we'll be back down in the suburbs again. But, like, I was swearing at myself. Why didn't they just let him take the album? And if he lost it, he fucking <laughs> lost it. You know, damn, it's his fault. Um, but anyway, you know what? As good friend. I had, I had at some point shut off the ringer on my phone. I don't know when I did that. Usually I'm pretty good about setting an alarm for myself. Even when I am in pretty bad shape, I usually will set an alarm just to like, yeah. make sure I check out. And but. for some reason, Marv doesn't have a phone, which is weird. So I couldn't even call him. Yeah, that's a whole dude. That's a whole different weird story. But that's for a different day. So um, I was good for him. Not involved. QAnon and 
FBI spying. And, oh, Jesus Christ. Cut. No, not on him. He loaned his phone to his brother, and his oh. brother appears to be absolutely losing his mind. So anyway, that's, that's, like I said, that's a different story. So I was a good friend. I waited till 10 o'clock, and then I buzzed you on the hotel phone. And you woke yeah, up. Yeah, the I hotel mean, you, phone. You answered it. Yeah, no, no. I, I Like I said, I had turned the ringer off on my phone, or I would answer my phone. I had plugged my phone in and stuff. I wasn't yeah. – like I said, my wallet was on the counter. It wasn't like I – I've been in much worse. I found myself in much worse positions in mornings than I did that Good morning. Lord. It was it was fine. Actually, I actually felt pretty decent. I can't. I, I pretty, cannot believe that. I wow, that's crazy to me. I actually felt pretty. De- you know, when the only time I felt really lousy, so I was like, man, you know what's good for hangover? I like some real greasy food, right, or some fried food. So we went to a Chinese buffet and I ate too much. That's when I really felt lousy. Until then, I felt good. I was getting a little queasy. I just drank a ton of like pop to try to wake up. And was that a North Avenue or something? Somewhere along, you know, it was like the it it was the town. Like once you get back to the highway, it was the town just one like mile up or something. I don't, dude. I don't honestly. It's it's the same thing. It's just endless strip malls. You know, it was like a Chinese place by a Sam's Club or something. It was just you know, yeah, for sure. So, so anyway, I gave yeah. I, I gave you that album and then I I skedaddled out of there at ten fifteen or whatever and and made it home in yep. an hour and a half and uh, and then you you faced that long drive home but it was it it was awesome it was an awesome night I don't know whether I'll make fun. it out to Brower House again anytime soon but yeah uh, I kind of feel but I wouldn't be opposed to it because like I said you know the the hotel across the street is so convenient and it's really a pretty nice place despite the breakfast situation. Yep. Um, and, and in the, when you stay at the club or when you go to the club, you you get their like corporate rate. So it's like, you know, like a C note for a pretty nice room. It's not bad at all. So anyway, and it's, it's not super convenient, but you know, the fact that there's Neil, I always say going to the city is not particularly convenient. The parking's a pain in the ass. Everything's a pain in the ass in the city, you know? So for me, this is really just as, desirable is going to the city all i would say is in the city even at reggie's because it's in chinatown you do at least get the feeling when you're walking around that you're somewhere with some culture this there was no culture yeah. at all it was a fucking strip well, mall and oh, there was yeah, yeah. nothing there was nothing the, around the there. problem with death. all that culture the problem with all that culture is sometimes you get shot <laughs> yes because, well there's, there's uh, that risk yes there is that risk we were, t- you know, Scott and I were talking about this. He's like, you know, we've never had trouble with that walk back and forth to Reggie's, but he's like, it seems to be getting worse and worse down there. And he's not wrong, you know. It's, it's. See, that's funny you say that because Rick really won't go down to Reggie's. And my tattoo artist, I just went to him again. And he used to be a skinhead back in the day, back in the 90s when it was all kicking yeah. off in Chicago. He was a skinhead down there. And he will yeah. not go down to Reggie's, which if he won't really? go down there, I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because we've never felt particularly unsafe, but once again on the walk home, we probably weren't aware of any dangers we might have. Yeah, going it's facing. it's like one of those things, right? Going into Reggie's is fine. It's seven or eight o'clock. It's when you're coming out at one in the morning. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little dodgy. Well, it reminds me so much. You know, I've talked about this before, and you know, we you know with all these days of punk rock safe spaces and stuff. I've talked to you before, but when I was a kid, I used to go my my favorite club. I started drinking there when I was nineteen. I saw Misfits and Tag ad and all these amazing bands there over the years but it was called the reptile house right and it really felt like you had to run the gauntlet to get in there like that was safety the place was full of weirdos and junkies and transvestites but you had to get in there to be safe you know what i mean because the the street was awful out there and and same thing on the way home 
it was there was a point where you just carry like loose dollars in your front pocket and just like hand them off as fast as you could just try to keep moving i mean that's how bad it was down there right yeah. where that record store is we go down to now it's not nearly as bad now but it's still a little sketchy but uh, and you know and I'll, and I'll say this even though reggie's is like that i do kind of i do kind of like i do appreciate it actually that there is that feeling Dude, of a little bit of danger. Awesome, man. No, but I'm just saying that in, well, in that thing, neighborhood, I because oh, that's what oh, a punk rock yeah. club should be. It should be a yeah. feeling of fucking well, danger. Well, the thing I like about Reggie's, and the thing I'll say about the Brower House too, and I don't know anything about this. I, I read some stuff online about how the ra- owner's racist or whatever. I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't believe most of what I read, and I'm. I, I would like to see. Because what a lot of people get offended by now just doesn't offend me. That's all there is to it, right? Because I, I, I'm curious. He did some social media posts or something, so a lot of people won't go out to Brower House. But Re- the guy who owns Reggie's, and not that he's done any of that, but the guy who owns Reggie's too, he'll book bands that other places won't book. You know, yeah. like like the guy the guy who owns Reggie's, he owns it. He doesn't give a crap. Like, he'll right. book the anti League. He doesn't care what the witches say, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, he booked I, Teenage Bottle Rocket. He doesn't care. Um, so, I, I, you know what? That was our weekend. It was a fun weekend. I couldn't do great. I couldn't do it every weekend, I don't think. But yeah. um, like it, you were saying, you wanted to live to be sixty. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't do that too. Well, and I and I I do feel like, like I said, I I've definitely been binging lately. Like I might not I might not drink for another month now, but when I come back to Des Plaines here next month when we meet up, I'm sure it'll be it'll oh. be on again, Neil. It'll be on. See, I'm having a couple of beers tonight, so I guess I do. I just do it slowly but surely. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, yeah, no, no, I'm not having it. But you know, I. I probably, I think Friday we're going to get with some friends. I'll probably have a couple. But even then, you know, we'll go out on Friday night. Like, my daughter plays in the marching band at school, so I go to these high school football games, my favorite thing, you know? You all completely bladded uh, and you, like, streak across the fucking field or something? No, it's not even that. We just sit there, and by the time she's done, it's like 10 o'clock. So I get up, we meet up with our friends who have already been drinking. So I'm just, like, pounding whiskey and Coke trying to catch up. (laughs) I tell you what, man, why don't you you choose you to do your best to spam and let's get out of here? All right, Neil's had enough, huh? It's gonna be another long one. All right, I just say that because this... my because Lydia's back. She's been in San Diego for the last ten days. And oh, I just that's hear that cool. She's, 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 I can hear right. her. She's back. Yeah, you can hear her screeching in the other room. Yeah, is, right. is Dad here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so, all right, so this is best of spam. We got an email from these guys are from Detroit. I'd never heard of them, but I thought they were a lot of fun. Kind of crampsy, very crampsy. Yep. They're called Bathurst. Bathurst, like a hearse, like a Bathurst. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, yeah, it, it, it all like... it all goes together with cheetah. Cheetah's in his hearse. It is Bathurst. Right? Oh, yep, it is. Yeah, hearse. I'm sorry, not hearse. Not like Patty Hearst, but yeah, Bathurst. Yep. And uh, I'm gonna do. We're gonna do. And it is Halloween, and I think this is a fun song. And I think this is a fun band. If they, they uh, if I got a chance, I would definitely. If they were opening for somebody, I'd show up on time. If they came to Grand Rapids, I'd see them. So this is Bathurst with. Do the Bella.
Hearse with Do the Bella from uh, Detroit. Yeah, very, very crampsy, very uh, gothabilly kind of thing going on there. They're, they're, yes. they're good. I like them. They got a dual vocal thing going on. It's good. Yep. So, uh, all right. So that's it. That was our weekend. So, and, yep. yeah. So you're going to go, uh, Neil's going to go visit with his daughter yep. who just got home. And I am going to go watch Milwaukee's number one serial killer in, from 1991. Take another victim. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. So we, we will see you all next time. Keep a little mark in your heart and thanks, stay thanks free. For, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, – thanks for especially welcome all the new people. And, and once again, not to discount the old people because those of you who have been hanging with us for 200 episodes, yeah, you're the real you. heroes. We, yeah, we love you all. We do. We yep. do. We, well, well, you know, I'm, I'm getting so many records. Where Neil and I are running out of space for our records. We might just like reward our longtime listeners. We'll just start sending you <laughs> Sending you extra records, yeah, on flexies Every 12-inch you get five flexies though. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening, and thanks to my iPhone for uh, for hanging out because my internet still is not back, so it's pretty this hot spot's yeah. been all right. So hopefully this recorded. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So we'll, we will talk to you. We'll talk to you all next time. Sounds good. Smile later. Bye. Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, ha, ha. Ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter.
Lord, I love you. Oh, shit.